Hey, did you know the hottest take is back? Oh, yeah. Our first week included elective dentures, Jennifer Aniston, fantasy football, and a junk food tax. Go check it out. The hottest take. People like me, Sean Fennessy, Chris Ryan, Big Waz, Mallory Rubin, Juliet Lippman, Craig Horbeck. It goes on and on and on. Check it out. The hottest take only on Spotify. This episode of the Bill Simmons Podcast is presented by State Farm. If you ever been in an accident, and you're okay, but you know what happened? Your first reaction is going to be, man, why did that happen? If you ever buy a new house or a new car or a new anything, there's this little rush you get when you're like, I did it. I made it happen. But really, the only words you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to help choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer partner of the NBA. It's just what you need to sit back and enjoy the game. And they're also getting fans closer to the game than ever. You can win exclusive NBA prizes like courtside seats, signed memorabilia, and more. I love Michelob because of how light it is. It's only 95 calories with 2.6 carbs. You know what the perfect time for Michelob Ultra is? A little doubleheader, a little NBA doubleheader. Right? First half of the first game. I don't know. West Coast time. That's usually about 5 o'clock, 5.30. Perfect time for a beer. You can do it. Grab a pack to enjoy today. Learn more and enter for your chance to win at MichelobUltra.com slash courtside. LDA 21 and up. We're also brought to you by the Ringer Podcast Network. We put up a new rewatchables on Monday night. We did Tango and Cash. On Labor Day, we have Saving Private Ryan coming. It is a two-hour podcast. It's almost as long as the movie Me, Sean Fantasy, and Chris Ryan. Stay tuned for that. So today's podcast, it was going to be me and Cousin Sal doing AFC and NFC over-unders. One of my favorite podcasts to do all year. We started taping it, and Donovan Mitchell got traded. So here is the new plan. Called up Rosillo. Rosillo and I taped uh, mid-afternoon West Coast time to react to the Donovan Mitchell trade because I have a lot of thoughts. And then we're going to run the AFC over-unders with Sal after that. And then on Sunday, NFC over-unders and guest alliance with Sal. And we have another uh, another fun guest after that. So that's going to be Sunday night. So we're splitting up the Sal podcast of all the days for Donovan Mitchell we get, to get traded. Jesus, this is the easiest podcast of the year. Over-unders with Cousin Sal. I didn't need more sports news, but you know what? I'm not complaining. Can't wait to talk about this trade. Rosillo is next. First, our friends from Pearl Jam. All right, mid-afternoon LA time. We had a massive NBA trade. I was not expecting to talk about basketball. This was the one week I thought there'd be no basketball news. There was. Cleveland goes in on Donovan Mitchell. We bought Rosillo out of the back cave. Rosillo finished his own podcast today. Had no idea we would have a basketball trade to talk about. They get Mitchell for three number ones, two pick swaps, Colin Sexton, Lori Markkinen, and Agbaji, the uh, guy they picked 14th in this draft. So really... Four first-round picks, if you count him as a first-rounder, two pick swaps. I want to start with Cleveland because I thought if Cleveland or Memphis 
Scott Mitchell, that was a game changer for either of those teams. Like, I don't think Mitchell is a true number one. I think he's somewhere between a one and a two. But the framework of those teams, I felt like if, if either of those teams can get Mitchell, they're a contender. Now you look at Cleveland, Mobley, under contract, you know, forever. Um, Sexton under contract for a while. Now Mitchell under contract for four years. Jared Allen as the fourth. What are you thinking as a contender for this team? Because I, I don't think they're going to contend this year, Like, but I think they could be super frisky the way Memphis was. But down the road of this decade, I really like that as a foursome. What do you think? I love this trade for Cleveland. Love, mm. love, love this trade. Um, I think we should probably spend some time on talking about who Donovan Mitchell is. I think it's one of those things where we all actually probably agree, but we pretend we disagree on the overrated, underrated thing. As far as being a number one, like when somebody says, oh, can he be the Batman on the championship team? The answer is no. The answer is no for probably 444 players right. in the league. All right. Right. Uh, the, the Batman thing on his own. First of all, nobody can do it on their own. The list of guys that truly are a franchise changing. It's never a double digit number to me it's, it's always it's seven or eight yeah yeah maybe at best so all right fine mitchell isn't that but what is he he's somebody where i'm looking at my all-star uh not my all-star my all nba voting where i'm going like can i sneak him out of the third team would that be terrible that's how good he is and when you factor in uh what he's done so far in his career as a playoff guy now i know everybody's off of everything that's happened with utah uh, because everybody's just kind of anti-utah they get sick of this team not getting past the second round but you know, that that series against Phoenix, man, like that is otherworldly shit that he was doing against that team. Uh, excuse me, against Denver. Yeah. Uh, 57, 30, 20, 51, 30, 44, 22. So when I've watched a lot of Mitchell and is if I wanted to spin this as like anti-Mitchell, I'd be like, yeah, you know, there's a little stuff in there. He forces the issue. You know, maybe not the greatest playmaker. A, a whiff of Westbrook. Just yeah, a, a little. I always say that little, little Westbrook light, a little concerning at times. I think that also could be him frustrated with his teammates, which, you know, whatever. We'll pay attention. We'll monitor that. But when you talk about the rest of who this guy is at 25 years old, and once you accept that there just aren't that many guys that all of a sudden make you a championship contender, this is an incredible pickup, which I think identifies a massive problem for the Cavs. When I would watch them late in games, it was Darius Garland dribbling around for fucking ever trying to figure out, like, I have to initiate the offense on every one of these tight possessions here late. Yeah. This completely changes their offensive attack late in games that they thought they were going to solve with Karis LeVert because everybody likes Karis LeVert until he's on your basketball team. And then you're like, oh, wait, this guy, this guy just yeah. kind of does whatever he wants. So the Cleveland part, I love this for them. We like Mitchell as, even if he's a little overrated, I think some people might think he's a super duper star. Maybe people have cooled off on that. But what he is is a gunslinger. If I'm in a playoff series or I'm in a big game, and the other team has somebody who's really good. And now I know, at least on my side, I have a guy who can create a shot and could potentially put up 35, 40, 45, whatever. Garland showed signs during the regular season as somebody who his ceiling was kind of where Mitchell is right now, but as somebody who could be the creator playmaker on a team that was really, really good, that could even win a couple rounds. Mitchell's, Mitchell's already there. I really wanted Mitchell to go to a team where he was part of a bigger team, like a like an 89 Pistons type of situation where they just had a lot of good players. And it's like, all right, here's what this guy's good at. If it's a tie game with four minutes left, he can create his own shot and he could do stuff. And the other thing, the the big guys can protect him on this team, right? Because you would think like, all right, what's the what's your concern now with these guys? The way Mitchell played defense the last couple of years. 
This year against Dallas, it was the Dallas series was awful. But but it also there might have been some effort stuff too, and he also took a lot of shit for it. So maybe he'll raise the stakes. But the point is, when you have Allen and Mobley, especially Mobley, you can erase a lot of stuff with that. And that's why, like, man, I know you talk out a lot of picks in this trade, but I don't really want picks that much on the team that Evan Mobley's on. I think you and I might rate him. At, we're in the we're in the highest level of Mobley fans, right? But this yeah. is there's a chance this is Tim Duncan in the late nineties where that he could have that kind of moment. I just think he's such a special player. Now you're giving him two awesome playmaking guards and you're giving him Jared Allen as now the fourth guy in the team. And they still have the Kevin Love contract to trade. That was the part that amazed me. I thought Kevin Love was going to be in this trade. Now they, they potentially can do something with that in February, maybe Levert and Love together. So just the four guys... If that's my nucleus for the rest of the decade, I'm pumped. And I I, I, I wasn't surprised that we saw this the same way. Yeah, uh, I mean, there's still a million things I could do on the team. Like, if you look at the Cavs, right, um, it was a really good story. And it was a young team that was playing really good defense. Uh, they, at one point, were 35 and 21. They finished the season 9 and 17 to close. And as their seeding was starting to fall off, I was like, oh, man, like, I really wanted you to be in that top six. Uh, but they defended really well as a young team. The reason they fell off is Jared Allen got hurt. He played only yep. six of 24 games in the second half. So when you look at who they were defensively, before the All-Star break, they were fourth. And after the All-Star break, they dropped to 24th. So they're a completely different team defensively. And a lot of that had to do with Allen. Mobley's only going to be better. I'd like to see, you know, this is the rarefied air to like, even mention Duncan with anybody. Like, I don't, I don't really yeah, want to do agree. that. Yeah, I agree. I didn't do it but, lightly. I didn't take it lightly. <laughs> but, you know, I'd like to, if I were being super, super hypercritical of, of Mobley, I'd like to see some of the offense initiation be maybe a little bit smoother, but it's still too early to even be like, hey, this is an issue. But you love the this, passing with him. I love right? all of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't make mistakes. He's fucking positioned perfectly. His block rate that guy. is insane. So even if you're going, all right, well, now you have Garland and Mitchell who defensively, by the way, Mitchell, you know, it's funny because I'll hear like small guard, small guard. First of all, he's stout and his wingspan six ten. With that kind of wingspan and that kind of athleticism, you being anything below average as a defender is on you. That's an and, effort thing and like just yeah, you're not like, trying hard enough. Yeah. So that that part, you know, always pisses me off when I see a guy's like, What how how are you not better defensively? And again, that Dallas thing, we you know, we we've been over it already. But you're right, filtering to those bigs that are switchable and seeing how much the defense completely fell apart. Like as much as I felt like the stats don't back it up much, but I'm not wrong about this. When I watch them on offense in a close, tight possession, last couple minutes, some of the Garland clutch offensive efficiency does dip down. It's, it's, it's not it's not as dramatic as maybe my eyes but were But they were asking me. a lot from him, though. I think that's, that's part of the problem. That's it. None of it to me is on him because I think he's a very willing teammate. I think they were just lost because, you know, marketing to me is always kind of a disappointment. We can get into that part of it. Uh, obviously, Sexton only played the 11 games. Levert's a mess. Okoro's not yeah. much offensively. And you're just, you were left at so many Cleveland games at the very end going, I just wish they had an, another attacking guy. And they got one of the best ones you're ever going to get your hands on. I'm glad you mentioned Okoro because he's one of the winners of this trade. Hey, Okoro, you're never going to have, we're <laughs> never going to run and play for you. You're going to shoot corner threes, practice 5,000 a day, and guard the other team's best guy. You have two jobs. That's it. We, you don't have to do anything else. You might have to run a couple. You might the wing on like two fast breaks a game. Other than that, you're in the corner and you're guarding the other team's best guy. And the Moby thing, we've talked about him before. I think he has a chance to be like a, tra a transcendent defensive player. 
like a really, really special forward who can guard basically everybody on the floor. He was kind of already doing that last year. So you think like for him, we've seen so many times like superstars come into the league and I mean, potential superstars. Like look at LeBron, like that, those Cleveland teams he played on the first six years where, you know, Boozer leaves and they're just trying to play catch up and get dudes and Larry Hughes and they just never had the right team around him. The really the only guy in the last 25 years who walked into the perfect situation was Duncan. Where he comes in, he's got Robinson next to him, he's got Popovich, they got veterans, and they're just immediately good. And I think that that's why the they were the already really, thing. they were already really good, <laughs> right? They won that year, but right, they were a fifty-five right. win team every year. So you look at Mobley, like this is about as good of a situation for somebody that I think has a chance to be like a top seventy-five guy all time. I really think it's in in place for him if he can stay healthy. So you can't come up with a better situation than this. They're going to be in playoff games every year. They have two scores. He's going to be able to go at his own pace. We'll be, get to see the passing. And uh, I guess the one thing I was surprised by was Mitchell goes from one small market to another. It did seem like the New York thing was, didn't you feel like it was just going to always be New York? Yeah, I'll tell you, man. When we've talked, whether it's on the air or off the air, the amount of hours that we've spent talking about how teams would be like, hey, they're going to hand the keys to this guy because of the relationship and make sure it always happens. The Knicks ended up, well, I guess you could argue the relationship got him Brunson, but that's not what the expectation was. And not to say that, like, from now on, no owner should give an agent the keys to the franchise, but, like, the Leon Rose CAA thing, like, this was supposed to, hey, you're in charge because you're going to have this this relationship. And, and, you know, some of the staff that they had done on some of the guys that we'd always heard, oh, you know, that's going to be the guy, that's going to be the guy but, the Knicks but go But what after. would you have given up, though? Because well, here's, if, here's, well, if do it's you want Barrett to do this now? three, yeah, if it's Barrett and three unprotected picks, I'm not doing it. I'm just not. I'd rather have Barrett. I'd rather have the picks and the capital for a trade down the road with the next unhappy superstar who's going to, by the way, be available probably in two months. We have seen now with this league five times a year, somebody's unhappy and available. So do they have to go all in on Donovan Mitchell? It's like, no, there's more stars coming. You're still a big market. You have a lot of assets. They have a lot of players people like. Even people like Quickly and Grimes, like those guys have some value. And I, I just, I wouldn't have done it. And I, I actually thought it was smart to lock down Barrett and basically say, all right, he's not in the trade now. Because people were saying like, oh, he could be in if it's a poison pill. Get out of here. That's happened like once. Um, they locked him down and they basically played chicken with Utah. And then Utah's like, all right, fine. But if I'm Utah, I can't be psyched about getting all of these Cleveland picks when that is like one of the best future teams we have. I just don't know what those picks, I, I think it's a good trade for them. It's probably the best one available, but I don't know if those picks ever amount to anything. Okay, but Shams did report that RJ and Quickly and two unprotected were offered. And if that was offered to me and I'm Utah, I'm taking every day, it. Every day of the week, I'd rather have that deal than this Cleveland deal. 100%. So, so what, what happened? So it seems like Cleveland was in for a split second. They came out. They the did Knicks a public like, hey, we're done here. Like one of those deals. Yeah, it's but like, they really weren't. They was like, yeah, I'm out. I left the restaurant. And then you like circle around. You come in the back. Um, it just seems like Winhorst was saying um, that there was some bad blood maybe because of the Barrett extension with the Knicks and Jazz because they had spent so much time on the deal. I don't know if that's true, but um I trust Winhorst. I think he has good sources, especially um, with some of those teams. But um, it does feel like 
if I'm if I'm Utah, like if we're advising Danny, a hundred times out of a hundred, I'm taking RJ in the two picks. I think RJ is really good. And I think he gives a shit. I think he's gotten better every single year. And I just, I like the upside with him. I'm going to ask you, like, do GMs just want more unprotected picks and don't care about the player? Because well, this at is, some point, I would, yeah. like, as the GM, I go, uh, which player am I getting that I like out of this group? And to RJ, in comparison to these other three guys that I do want to spend some time on, it's not close. Maybe you and I like RJ too much. I'm with you. I felt like I saw something from him. Just his mentality, the way he played this year, a light went off with him. Yeah. And, you know, maybe he ends up not being uh, a number two on a great team, but the fact I'm even thinking it's possible would make me on the other end go, I want RJ Barrett. I don't care about these other guys. Well, I don't care about a third unprotected and some pick swaps that probably aren't going to happen anyway. I want RJ Barrett and I want Knicks picks because I'm betting on the 21st century of the Knicks, which is that they've sucked every year and they've had two good moments in 22 years and the ownership's weird and there's a new person running the team every three years. Instead, I'm betting on the Cleveland picks where you have Mobley and Garland and Jared Allen and none of them are going anywhere. And now I have Mitchell on that team and there is just no variable now that that team is going to go in the tank unless there's like a bus crash because... They have four guys that they can build around and they can get more. They can get Kevin Love. Like, you know, as we said, they can flip him into something. They can always flip Levert as an expiring. Levert's still they on, have free yeah. agents. If you're a free agent, if you're like the the Jay Crowder of the, of the free agency, like that swing guy who's like 32 years old, who wants to be on a great team, who's a 3 and D guy, Cleveland's on your list now. You know, it's like, I could be on that team. I'll, I get just get to shoot wide open threes. I get to play with Evan Mobley. Um, I, so I think we see that the same. I, I think that Knicks pick, if that or that Knicks trade, if that was the offer, I, I like it more. And but to answer your question about why do teams value these unprotected picks, because it buys the GM time. We always talk about this. You can't say anything. You have the job now for five years. Because what are people going to say? They're they're not going to be able to judge you on the players you have. This is kind of like Presti's black magic with the with the with OKC a little bit. Even though I, I think we both think Presti's amazing, but the more picks you accumulate and the more potential and the more, oh, this guy maybe sort of, kind of, you just get to keep your job. And I do think yeah. that's part of this. Uh, during the tanking fest, which has corrected itself a bit here, but that could also be cyclical based on, you know, what the rosters look like. It's funny because Sarudi and I were even talking about this the other day. We were talking about Westbrook, which I don't want to spend a ton of time on, but it was just, you know, usually there's always like a couple teams, maybe three and four that are so desperate and so talentless that they would just be like, fine, who cares? Let's sell some tickets, sell some jerseys. Right. And now like, Char the, like Charlotte this year. Right. But like all the bad teams are interesting enough with some of the picks that they've stockpiled in a very short amount of time where it's like, even if I'm a bad team, I don't want to bring in Westbrook to disrupt things. So yeah. if you go back to like prime tanking years where it felt like a third of the league was already hoping to lose every single game, other GMs, and I'm sure you had the same conversations, the amount of resentment from the GMs are like, I'm trying to win games here. And this guy gets to keep his job and like get an extension if he's awful after year three or four. And I do think the picks are part of that. Uh, the Presty part of it where I, I always hear, again, you know, there's just it's just out there in the ether of like, well, how come everybody was always on Hinky but not Presty? Do I need to spend more than 30 seconds explaining that to you? Like, yeah, Presty's built up enough equity. He'd already had a run. He had a really successful group. Hinky was an unknown. And from day one, it was embarrassing. The rosters he was putting out there, even though that was what he was trying to do. That's why the Ainge part of this because I completely agree with the job security of having all these picks into the future 
and it looks good. It's all these different announcements. Hell, the sports writers are going to give you props for second routers. What are they going to do when you have seven unprotected and four more swaps that might not even mean anything? But Ainge isn't that guy, right? Ainge is a god in Utah. This was with a job everybody knew he was going to get for a really long time. We just didn't know when it was going to happen. All of us knew this was happening. Ryan Smith, the owner, loves them. They're golf buddies. And so for Ainge to go, hey, I have all these picks, I could see it if it was a, a different GM. But we're talking about somebody who's played and won championships, um, is, a, is a much better GM than he got credit for, and was far better positioned with this roster with Boston on his way out, despite yeah. people asking if he actually should be fired, which now kind of a year removed from that looks like a joke, considering how set up that team is. And now he's in Utah, and I'm like, I'm I'm surprised. I'm surprised. I wouldn't think that he would prioritize the picks in a way somebody who's more unproven is. Like I don't. I, like, I'm not saying that he doesn't want the picks because clearly because of the Gobert thing, but I, I, I guess like would Ainge tell us, hey, I actually like Colin Sexton, think he's just as good as R.J. Barrett. That's hard for me to believe. That's just hard for yeah. me to believe. And that the value, even if he thought there was a gap, that the value of the extra third pick. Because you're absolutely right. Another first rounder unprotected from Cleveland. What would the odds be from a bookmaker on like, hey, how good are the picks going to be from Cleveland in three or four years versus what they'd be with the Knicks, even with Mitchell? Well, it's like when Milwaukee traded all those picks for Drew Holiday, and it's like, well, Giannis is going to be in the team. I don't know. I don't know what you think is going to happen with those picks. I still unless, thought that was a lot of picks. Kidnap, yeah, but unless you could kidnap Giannis. I think with Utah, part of what I, just to be fair to them, if they're in the Wambanyama sweepstakes, which it's really them and it's San Antonio, who are the two teams that have gone, I think, all in on this now, at least for this year. And there'll probably be a couple teams that will unfold as we, you know, head to December, January. And there's still like some moves to be made here if you're Utah too, with whether it's McDonavich or Conley or like before but camp the, opens up. But you up. have to keep getting rid of those guys. I think maybe they were worried Barrett comes in and now you have enough kind of decent players. Like they still have good players and decent players in their roster. And I, I, I just wonder if like, is Colin Sexton a safer bet if you're tanking? All right, we'll take a quick break. We're going to throw it to FanDuel. By the way, speaking of FanDuel, the Ringer NFL playoff boost, you can go there right now. The Chiefs, Bengals, and Eagles all to make the playoffs. I love this bet. It was plus eight, 280 as a parlay. You can get it at plus 350 on FanDuel for the next 24 hours. So go to FanDuel. Chiefs, Bengals, and Eagles to make the playoffs. We'll talk about the Chiefs and Bengals in a second when, uh, when we talk to Cousin Sal about the AFC. As for the rest of what FanDuel has to offer, listen to this. College football is back and FanDuel is putting you in the middle of the action. Right now, all customers can get a no-sweat bet for week one. That means free bets back if your bet doesn't win for everybody. Log into your account to see how much no-sweat bet for you will be. There's so many different ways to bet in college football. You can try a same-game parlay. You can jump into the action with live betting. Or you can bet on who you think will win it all with national championship futures. I'm on the LSU bandwagon. Van Lathan has converted me. So let's go with them week one, minus three and a half. Just in general, if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, now is the perfect time to give it a shot. FanDuel now live in Kansas. Wow, congratulations, Kansas. The app is so easy to use. They're always hooking you up with great odds. And when you win, you get paid fast. See for yourself why FanDuel is America's number one sports book. Download the FanDuel app today. Sign up with promo code BS. And you can get a no-sweat bet to kick off the college football season. That is code BS. You must be 21 plus in president select states. 
Refund issued as non-withdrawable. Free bets that expire seven days after receipt. Max refund $5 unless otherwise specified restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, or Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona. 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITHIN Indiana. KSGamblingHelp.com in Kansas, 877-770-STOP in Louisiana, 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 in New York. Tennessee Redlines, 1-800-889-9789 and 800-522-4700 in Wyoming or visit 1800gamber.net in West Virginia. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer partner of the NBA. It's just what you need to sit back and enjoy the game and they're also getting fans closer to the game than ever. You can win exclusive NBA prizes like courtside seats, signed memorabilia, and more. I love Michelob because of how light it is. It's only 95 calories with 2.6 carbs. You know what the perfect time for Michelob Ultra is? A little doubleheader, a little NBA doubleheader. Right? First half of the first game. I don't know. West Coast time, that's usually about 5 o'clock, 5.30. Perfect time for a beer. You can do it. Grab a pack to enjoy today. Learn more and enter for your chance to win at com slash courtside, LDA, 21 and up. All right, so here is everything Danny Ainge and company did with Utah, blowing up Gobert and Mitchell, which we were begging them to do for, what, a year and a half? At I think you wanted it. I think you wanted it more than I did, and you were right. You know, I was always, I was I always oddly patient with Utah because I felt like... I, huh. I was not. Yeah. They got Minnesota 23, 25, 27, and 29, four first. They have a pick swap with Minnesota in 26. Now they have Cleveland's 25, 27, and 29. They got pick swaps in 26 and 28. So they have a double pick swap in 26. They also got Walker Kessler and Vanderbilt from Minnesota, who are at least, you know, guys who could potentially be in a rotation. They turned Beverly into THT, who I don't think is a rotation guy, but whatever. They still have easily to trade. A quick aside on THT. I hope we get to see Jordan Clarkson and THT play together at the oh, same God. time. Well, so just that, from a hilarity standpoint. Yeah. So it'd be like Horton Tucker would be like, pass the fucking ball. And Clarkson's yeah. like, what? What, <laughs> what do you mean? Like, I just come out here and cook. What do you do? Well, I also cook. Anyway, yeah. I'm just looking forward to it. THT is like the, the rare point forward who can't shoot. So what are your skills? Clear out for me. I'm an 18% three point shooter. Uh, and they also got Colin Sexton. They got Lori Markin and they got Ogbaji. Um, they still can trade Bogdanovich and Conley. They could still flip Sexton if they wanted. Beasley, they're clearly going to trade. It is now like the most fun trade machine team we've had in eons. Because my guess is they're just going to get rid of everybody. I Like Bogdanovich and Conley, like I, I, I can't imagine they're on this team in December. And yeah, I mean, is this, where the, I don't know. Is, this, is this where the Westbrook thing comes in, where they just buy him out? Because I remember you were talking with Mannix on the landing spot for him, and like, what if the Pacers deal finally comes around, which I've spent a lot of time talking about, where I can talk myself in and out of what it means, because I think the most I'm important out. thing is Westbrook not playing on the Lakers this year. Yeah. Uh, him not being there is more valuable than him being there. But the Pacers part of it, um, one of their reporters was like, he's immediately going to be bought out. He's immediately going to be bought out if he were traded to the Pacers. And may never version. play again. Yeah, so... I thought I was going to say I was going to do in the opening because I really thought uh, I didn't know the Mitchell trade was happening. I was looking hard at the Grizzlies. Because, okay, that's interesting. Because I just thought for the same reasons we like this trade for Cleveland, for the Grizzlies, it could have been Dylan Brooks, Steven Adams expiring, 
Um, they Zaire Williams. They could have just dumped in all of their picks, right? Twenty. They could have done 23, 25, 27, 29 and a pick swap and maybe work the Lakers into it where Dylan Brooks and Adams go to the Lakers and now you can work some Lakers 27 and 29 in there and Utah's just getting a shitload. And by the way, if I was the Grizzlies, I would have gone all on Mitchell. I don't think they have enough elite players. You know, if they, if they could have kept Triple J and John Morant and Bain and added Mitchell, I feel the same about them as I do about Cleveland right now. So I just think, I, I almost think they're too protective of their own guys. I, I don't know if they're ambitious enough trying to get frisky, but you look at uh, what Cleveland game up, basically Cleveland now is the East version of Memphis. You know, same kind of young nucleus. So I'm going to ask you this. Is Cleveland now the number one I love their future team of the 2020s. And if it's not them, who is it? Here are the candidates. You can, I'll give you the Celtics. I'll give you Milwaukee because you get Giannis for the next five years at least. I'll give you Dallas with Luka. Uh, the Grizzlies, obviously. Golden State. OKC, you get all their picks and assets and all the stuff they have. Orlando just to make Saruti happy. And let's say Houston. Uh, throw New Orleans in there. Oh, I'm sorry. In New Orleans. Okay. So who would you have in the number one spot now? Because you have New Orleans with all the guys they have, and they still have all their picks, so they can still make a move. The Cleveland one feels the most certain um, if we're talking a longer window. You know what I mean? Like Golden State, Golden State, I think, will be better. Clay will be better. I would imagine one of at least the three young guys on top of what Poole's already done for them is going to is going to show you something, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure, you know, probably not Moody. Maybe it's Wiseman. Maybe it's Kaminga. I don't know. Um, you look at I, Boston, like is Jalen on the team in two, in two and a half years? Yeah. I mean, him not doing the extension was just smart. So yeah, uh, I wouldn't worry about that too much. I, you know, I don't know if the Durant stuff changes his mind about his future for all this. This is a complicated question. Cause I think I'm kind of falling in love with the tinsel a little bit more than the known. So if I say the Pelicans, if I say Cleveland as if they're the known thing, I'm just missing far more established teams, but it's just a matter of... I'm saying of, 2020s. Where, like, we yeah. look at the end of the decade, which team did you like for the last seven years? Who Who is well, the it's safest also gonna asset change. It's also going to change, too. Like, this, right. <laughs> Darius <laughs> Garland's like, I need my own team. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. right. Moby's like, I need my own team. Dyson Daniels yeah. is like, I, the system doesn't work for me. <laughs> yeah, well, regardless, Cleveland's in the mix now, I think, for best futures. And what's cool about this trade for them is rarely do you see the team make the move at like the perfect timing time when they have a young team like this, which is why I like the the thing for Memphis. Um, yeah, because Garland Garland's got his extension. Um, Allen's twenty million a year. Mobley's still, you know, you got a couple years to work with that and figuring it out. You've had the Love Lavert stuff. The cap by the time these guys really start cranking, the cap's going to have a massive spike here in three years again. Um, which is why some of these extensions, like it's another reason why I look at the eight extension. I'm like, so what did you guys do again? You wasted an entire year. You pissed off a guy and you saved a couple mil. And actually, by the time his contract is up, it's going to be the first year of a new TV agreement as opposed to the fifth year right. that carried over from the previous agreement. Congrats. And by the way, that's not on James Jones. That's on ownership there. So once I started really thinking about that deal more and more, I'm like, yeah, congrats. That was a massive waste of fucking time for everybody. And it's actually not that smart financially. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned the TV agreement, by the way, because Cleveland has these dudes locked down. Allen 20, Mitchell's 
you know, low 30s or mid 30s, whatever By the it way, is. Every extension now is like good. Yeah. That, that, that was the appeal with Durant, where you think like, oh, year four in Durant, I get a guy basically for half price who's a superstar. Because people don't realize that the max guy in 2026 is going to be 75 million a year. I don't I think people are properly prepared for the heart attack they're going to have, have when the Joakim Noah, Evan Turner contract seem like chumps change compared to where that's, we're heading. That's why I, there's no content I love more than the NFL right guard complaining about a salary for an NBA player. And you're like, well, there's a few more of you dudes on a team. Yeah, so math is four a times bit, as many. Yeah, so. Um, I have a couple more small things for you. So so there's no way, as far as I can tell, because unless I read this incorrectly, I don't think I did, LeBron cannot be traded in the 2022-23 season. So that would have been an interesting subplot to all of this. But down the road, this summer, maybe now this is the roadmap for him to come back for a third time. Whether Cleveland would even want that to happen, who knows? So we have that. Cleveland, what do you think their odds are to win the title? I know you're not a huge odds guy, but what do you think they are after this trade? I think it's more about where do they fit in in the East. And I think they're, they got a chance to be fourth or fifth. Yeah, they're 33 to one, which I thought was high. Feels because pretty high. And maybe they're a year away from where we think ultimately they're going to be. But I also think there's a, this is now probably a 50 to 52 win team because we know all their guys are going to be playing. They're all young. You Look, know, if Jared Allen no wear play, and tear. If Jared Allen plays a full season, they might've won 50 games last year. So I think a mistake that you can make, and I almost made, cause I was going through it again, being like, oh, you know, that's weird how they kind of finished sort of disappointing. Cause I remember just constantly beginning of the year. I'm like, this team is this young and they play defense this well. They're a top five defense this long. Yeah. And they were for like 50 games. Um, and granted, everybody missed guys, so every fan base can kind of make that excuse that like, hey, our guys are out, our guys are out, and all this stuff. But it's so clear that the Allen absence totally changed who they were. So if you look at them and say, oh, well, they're only 44 and 38, um, with younger players you expect to be healthier, uh, with guys that all seem like they like to play, as opposed to some of the more established Tier 1 stars that are trying to figure out a way to lengthen the career by demanding to miss, you know, 15 to 20 games a season, which, you know, again, maybe we're just kind of getting out of the COVID stuff and things are going to be a little bit normal where the top guys aren't missing like on an average of 20 games here. But they're a they're a better bet to probably, they would have been better. They're like, better durability bet. Yeah, absolutely. And so, yeah. you know, you factor in kind of like, I just think if you say, hey, they're not that great. They were only 44 and 38. I think that is making a mistake because we are talking about a younger team that showed when they were healthy, they were one of the better defensive teams in the league, which doesn't really happen with young teams that often. And there was a little Ricky Wall stuff with Mobley too. The Sexton thing, they just lost this guy who's going to be a big scorer for them. Can so, we talk Sexton? I think we have yeah. to do some Sexton well, stuff here. This is a weird unintended outcome of this trade. I don't think either of us like to fit a Sexton on this team. And I think they had to re-up with him and keep him around and the whole thing. But it, you know, it clearly became Garland's team last year. But Sexton initially it was his team. And I'm not sure that would have resolved itself in an awesome way. And now they don't have to worry about it. And he goes to Utah and we'll we'll see what kind of ceiling he has. But it's weirdly an addition by subtraction piece of this that I don't think people would be focused on. Yeah, I agree. I, I really felt like the Sexton absence, he played 11 games this past season. He had a meniscus tear. He's young enough. He's 23 years old that you feel like the meniscus stuff would be fine. But he's a really dynamic score. You know, that third year in the league, the guy was 24 a game, you know, yeah. 48 from the floor, 37 from three. But the team's all stumped. 
You know, they went 19 and 63, 19 and 46, 22 and 50. <laughs> Maybe that's why Utah was intrigued by him. They're like, hey, <laughs> this guy's exactly what we're looking for. 24 points a game and we're a 19 win team. This sounds great. Yeah, you know, the shooting stuff kind of holds up like 38% from three. And I and I get the attraction, but I can't help but think good stats, bad team guy. And I think it's fair. And the Sexton injury may have been the best thing that ever happened to Garland because if Sexton's healthy, even though he would have added that other dynamic attacking score, which he, you know, he proved that he could do in this league. Like, hey, this guy's going to score in this league for a long time. I don't think there's any doubt about that. It was, you know, it's just, I think it would have been hard for Garland to take over the way he needed to if Sexton's like, look, I was a lottery pick too. I've been here longer. I scored 24 a game. I'm looking for my contract extension. This might have been the absolute blessing for the development of the rest of this team because I still think Garland is more of a willing teammate. As much as he can score, I think he still wants to get other guys involved where Sexton's like, look, I'm dynamic and kind of get out of the way. Uh, the other part of this too, which is funny because you know it's back in my Boston days when I would talk to Ainge every now and then. I mean, not all the time, but you know, I was always like interested in different guys that drink GMs. milk together. Yeah, we, I would try not to swear. Milk and cookies. <laughs> and I remember one time I said something to somebody else. I go, hey, I go, I swear sometimes when I've talked to him. I go, is he going to? And he was like, you know what? I'm sure he doesn't care, but how about you just try not to? <laughs> <laughs> it's not like Ames, you know, NBA yeah. locker rooms his whole life. He's just like, silently judging you. Right, right. He's like, oh, I really, I thought this guy was better at conveying his points without vulgarity. Um <laughs> He he brought up, you know, there's a lot of lessons there when I was younger and, 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 you know, at times even impressionable, but it was, I think a really smart rule that I always think about when players change teams. It's like, wait, like think about Sexton, his own team didn't want to pay him. All right. Not a and great not time. only did they not want to pay him, he was restricted. They said, go ahead, get your $80 million offer. Nobody else wanted to pay him either. And so for him at 18 million per four for 72, that's not some terrible extension. We just went over this. It's all right. If this guy's dynamic, score a little bit. But like when I've seen some of the reaction today of like, hey, don't sleep on Sexton. Yeah, yeah. I think he can score a lot if he has the ball all the time and the team's probably not going to be that good. But the NBA market told us that he wasn't really in demand. And I don't think it's an MCL thing at a young age. If it's okay, I'm going to sleep on him. I also think... Uh, that's the easiest position to find somebody who can put up 20 points a game if they take a lot of shots. We have we have just an overload of dudes who you can find. Like right now, you can take Jordan Clarkson from Utah probably at a, what, 75% discount if you're interested in taking on his contract for $13 million a year. So I, you know, that's one of the reasons the Sexton market wasn't there. How would you compare and contrast Garland and Sexton to Max Kellerman leaving first take and opening the door for Steve Nick? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Let's move on. By the uh, way, I mean Sexton had a thirty percent usage rate that year. He went nuts, and you know the. But team as you said, the team is bad. Uh, uh, all right, but, I have next topic. But if, if Stephen A. becomes president, does Kellerman deserve credit? Thoughts? I think he should be in the cabinet. It's not like they didn't get along. Uh, I heard an unbelievable greeny tease by the other way. I thought of you. It was, it was just, he's still got it. He's still throwing oh, 100 miles an hour. He's, no, still, the, no. he's still elite. Uh, no one's another, made more money off of teases. Strippers literally. have made less teasing people. <laughs> uh, next topic. Do you think this was the biggest Cleveland Cavaliers trade ever? I'm going to give you nominees. No. Danny, Danny Ferry for Ron Harper and picks. Sean Kemp in that three-way deal where Vin Baker went to Seattle and Terrell Brandon went to Milwaukee. 
Kyrie for Isaiah Thomas and what turned out to be the Sexton pick. So weirdly, Kyrie has some umbilical cord to them getting Donovan Mitchell because they were able to get to Sexton pick. And then love for Wiggins, which I think would be my pick because that directly led to them winning a title. Oh, dude. Brad Doherty for Roy Henson. Oh, that's a good one. It's the best one. That's why I said no immediately. Well, they never made the finals, though, with him. Yeah, but you got Brad Doherty for Roy Henson. How did that happen? I don't, we've been over I, I feel like this is the it's, fourth time we've talked about this. <laughs> I could talk about it every week. Man. And then the other thing with Cleveland, they have now, I, I assume this is going to be another run with them, right? So they have the Mark Price run from, I don't know, 88 to 90. Four, where they're really fun to watch and they're in the mix as a contender. They easily, if they had been in the West, they easily could have had a Utah type run, I think. Um, then they have the first LeBron run from basically 06 to 2010. Then they have this other LeBron run from 15 to 18. And then now they're going to have, I think, another run. So they, to, to revive yourself three different times over the course of 30 years is hard. Would be my point. Yeah, because this is this is the whole point, like of doing this stuff, and that's why, like, I like the Knicks going after Mitchell, and I've I've made the point is like I'm not telling you that they're in the top five. The East is tough now at the top, you know. Yes, there's some depth there, and who knows what's going to happen with Toronto? Who knows? You know, there's always going to be one team that you don't expect to take a step back, and there's going to be another team that jumps up. Maybe Atlanta figures this thing out with Dejounte and Trey taking turns; they become less predictable offensively. Like that's not that's not a ridiculous thought. Maybe there's one of these younger teams that like hangs out for 50 games and makes it weird, just like Cleveland did last year. But do you have a chance? Are you going in the right direction with the increase of talent on your roster? And even though Mitchell didn't guarantee anything, and I thought there was going to be some real parallels to Mello, where it's like come in home, and you're like mm. he's from Baltimore, but whatever. <laughs> and then it's like you know it's with it's the like, school of Connecticut, yeah. Now what? And it's like oh, you get that Pacer series loss, and it didn't really add up to anything. But it doesn't mean you don't try, right? It doesn't mean that you don't try to keep adding players. And maybe Mitchell goes on a little bit of a run. There's Brunson there. And maybe the next mad guy like gets along with Mitchell and then he decides that he wants to go there and maybe Barrett is, you know what I mean? So everybody wants these trades to like guarantee stuff. Like if you're going on TV tomorrow saying this guarantees Cleveland nothing, congrats, you win the obvious award. But the fact now that you have a guy that is this proven in the playoffs, forget about this Dallas series. He's young enough for you to forget about this Dallas series, that he did what he did in the Mitchell and Murray showdown against Denver. That is all-time playoff shit, man. Well, think about them against Brooklyn. Let's say they play Brooklyn in round one. Kyrie's out there with Curry. And then Cleveland's like, all right, here's Mitchell and Garland. Good luck. Which, Kyrie, who are you guarding out of these two? Or Seth Curry, what what are you going to do against it? Same thing for like they probably stick probably stick their their worst guy in a Coro going hey, but right. I mean but, that's but that's same the thing with Philly. Who does Harden? Right. Harden's got a some like I just think it's so hard when you have these two guys because the thing it's not just that they're scoring guards, but both of them can attack, and that's I just think they're going to be really hard to play. You know, both of them are I think are would you say like top five or six for guards that actually can get to the rim and then also pull up. So Dude, if Kyrie's healthy. There's still probably almost no one I put it. Put yeah, Kyrie's in there. Who else is in there for that list? Westbrook and China. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, so so you Westbrook's going to get traded to Utah for some of these pieces, and Ainge is going to get first round picks from them. That's that's the next piece of this. I am predicting that now. 
That's yeah, because happen. if you start looking at like the leftover guys, like there's still yeah. some valuable pieces there. If you're a contending team saying, hey, you're now fourth or fifth or whatever, and then the buyout would happen. Um, because, you know, you mentioned it too. And and we probably should have thrown Oklahoma City into that tanking part of this because I don't think all of a sudden things well, are now all going to work out. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. They're in but there even, too. Honestly, dude, even with Chet, you know, I don't know they're going to be asking him to, you know, have the offense go through him for 76 games this year. Uh, but yeah, that makes it a little bit more certain. You know, Presti probably with ownership could say, hey, you know, Victor, the French guy, he's worth it to take another year at this thing. So I do want to add one more thing on the Utah side of this one as it pertains to like the Barrett thing, because I think part of the the justification will be, well, wait a minute, as you even mentioned, like, is Barrett too good? Oh, that screws up our chances at Wembayana. That's a really, you know, that's it's a, a dangerous to, game to play. Yeah, yeah the percentages like, are against you with tanking, too. Yeah, like, hey, I like imagine, and I'm not even saying Ainge is doing this. I actually don't even know that I believe that he would, but I think it will be explained in some circles this way as if, well, the better way to tank to get the big French guy is to make sure we make trades where we get lesser players back. I don't know that you want to do business that way. And I'm not even saying that's what happened. I'm just, I just fear that some people will explain it this way. Last thing on the Knicks, and then we can wrap. I just feel like there's more dudes out there. For instance, you just mentioned OKC. Are we sure you can't get SGA from OKC? Uh, are we I think sure? It's, oh, no, I totally agree with you. I, I, and and I, by the way, are we sure like the 80% of the haul for Mitchell, which I think was what it, SGA would cost somewhere, probably a little more than DeJounte Murray and less than Mitchell, somewhere in there. And if I'm the Knicks... Is that a better outcome if I just if I can keep RJ Barrett and add SGA and I can throw some unprotected picks in there and Grimes and whoever? But and if I'm OKC, how many years in a row can you tell SGA like, hey man, it's not going to be this year again? It's just like it'd be like if you worked for the Ringer and we just never ran your podcast for three years. It'd be like, hey, great job! I heard I heard the test podcast you did. People would have loved that one. Um, but yeah, same same thing next Thursday. Just. Do another podcast for no people. Like at some point you lose your mind if you're just on these shitty teams that are never headed anywhere. And the Chet thing makes me wonder if SGA is going to be available. I had heard he was available before. So I I had heard too, which is why I brought it up. And you have the Knicks, the Kentucky, you know, the umbilical cord there. And I just like... Because it's, it's worked me- so well. The Knicks-Kentucky <laughs> thing is really... <laughs> It's just, it's just hard for me to believe that that's not going to become a story at some point, whether it's a fake story, a half story. And then the other one would be Davis. If this Lakers situation goes completely sideways this year, would they basically offer exactly what they offered for Mitchell or some other version of it for, for Davis? And would the Lakers look at that as like, look, man, this just didn't work. I don't think that's going to happen because I think they're going to go the other way. I think they're going to use Westbrook with their picks to get like Bogdanovich and, you know, Mike Conley and something else. And that's how this is going to play out. But I don't know. I'm just trying to think of other people. If I'm the Knicks, who else is going to be down there, down the road? And it's to me, it's SGA and Davis are the first two guys I thought of. A lot of it depends on SGA. I haven't heard anything about him being frustrated, but as you laid out, like at some point you'd want to play. Like I think Danny Cannell's the only pro athlete I know that would be thrilled to be SGA right now. <laughs> 
And as far as like, if you're going to offer me max money to do podcasts for nobody for three years, I'll just have, I'll pick up a couple hobbies, man. <laughs> you just go into the gym like, man, you should have heard. Nobody can hear the podcast I did today, but I was one of my best ones. I didn't even tweet a link. SGA is like, I had 27 today. It wasn't even on League Pass. They don't show our games anymore. Um, all right. Well, we'll see what happens. What would you tell the Knicks fan friend in your life, by the way? Because the Knicks fan friends of my life are split. I don't think either of them wanted to overpay for Mitchell. I think they all wanted to keep RJ, at least everyone in my life, and are kind of relieved that this didn't work out. But at the same time, the Knicks kind of seemed inept, right? It seemed like they they were all over the map with this. And it's hard for me to think if I'm a Knicks fan, we're in the right hand with these guys. I would have liked to add Mitchell. I think we're. I think it's clear we're very pro Mitchell, but we're not saying he solves everything, which again is very important. Like there's nothing easier if you do this job to be like, oh, I'm just going to be the dickhead in the chair across from the desk for you that just says, oh, what is it? You know, do you win anything? And I'm like, no. Most of the time, the answer, if the game is, I have to say yes, that it guarantees that you're going to win, then I'm going to lose the game almost every single time. But yeah. That's not what it is. I wonder too, as we're surprised by deals. Especially when this is this important and you're trying to keep the information close and you don't want to show your cards and all this stuff. I imagine there's certain moments where maybe the Knicks were, again, this is all guessing. The Knicks were like, that Cleveland package isn't that good. Like, we'll just wait this out. We'll just wait right. this out. They're Our not going to be take better. that. They're not going to do, oh, they did it and they signed Sexton. Like, I imagine there's plenty of moments where other teams are blown away by what everybody else did, which I would uh, submit the Gobert trade as an example of other people around the league being like, are you kidding me? And now that's supposed to be the price. But again, that was different because I don't think any of those players other than Vanderbilt, you know, and I know Beverly, you got something after the fact. But I, I like I, where Utah landed with, I just, <laughs> they got way more picks and assets than I would have thought for Mitchell and Gobert, especially Gobert, we, which we, I mean, they got 200 cents in the dollar for Gobert. I will always believe that until I die. Whether yeah, that works and, and out for Minnesota, whatever. But I just know that the actual package that they got for Gobert was twice as much as I thought he was going to go for. But the, the interesting thing about that, too, like the player part of it, like Beverly, okay, decent rotation guy and a good team, uh, seems to kind of, after a while, like runs its course and, and teams are He's like, like sword, right. swordfish in the fridge. You can keep it for like two days, but that third day... I you're keep I'm moving. surprised you're you're freezing any produce over. No, that's my wife. My wife will like take home fish from dinner. It's like what what's no, gonna happen yeah. with this two days from now? You gotta throw that no. out. That's some that's that surprises yeah. me. I'm writing this down. Yeah. Um but whenever I would hear like, you know, the Gobert trade, okay, well that sets the market for the net no. I don't know. I would just hang up. I'd be like, hey, that, that was on them to do that. Doesn't mean I right. had to do it. And then it's completely dismissive of like, even if you're going back to the Jalen Brown Durant stuff. You're like, oh, right. So I'm supposed to give you Jalen Brown and six picks because Gobert would like, are we ever going to factor in who the actual players are in these deals? But back to the original question on the Knicks thing, I think the positive in this is that the perceived value of Obi Toppin and Grimes are through the roof, which I was not aware of. Right. <laughs> those They're guys get hot. talked about like <laughs> I'd be reading those rumors going, hey, can I have anybody good? And no, look, Grimes may turn into something here. Toppin you know, is, is giving us samples of this big man, this five, like in a small lineup. But again, if I'm trading Mitchell at 25, who's flirting with all NBA votes. Yeah. I, I guess I'd be maybe outdated as a GM, but I'd be like, can, what, can I get a player back? I like, but that's not how the trades necessarily always work. So yeah, Grimes had a couple summer league games and all of a sudden he became like Kevin Johnson in the late eighties as a trade asset. 
Like the all Desmond right. Bain part. Back to your Memphis thing. Like I, we all love Desmond Bain. He's untouchable. But if he was the deal, if he was the yeah. deal breaker, that doesn't make sense to me. I think to me, if it, if we did winners and losers, Memphis is one of the losers because I think they had a pretty unique chance to go up a notch and not really affect their their best three or their best two, whatever it was. Uh, all right, Rosilla, big college football weekend this weekend. I know you're pumped. I know you talked about it on your podcast. And the next time we see you on this one, me and House will be doing uh, NBA over-unders, which is weirdly like five weeks away. The NBA season starts on October 18th I don't this even, year. Don't even start. Like I was October passionate. 18th. I was passionate about this podcast. I don't want to even think about that being five weeks away. Preparing the over-unders. Oof. Yeah. All right. All right. Good to see you, Russell. Thanks. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. I understand that some things you just want to keep private. Maybe it's something you don't want anyone to know, or maybe you think it's something minor, so why bother? But if you keep everything bottled up, if you let those emotions sit there and fester, it could be really, really bad for you. Sometimes it depends on what kind of family you're from. Like my dad's family is one of those, they bottle everything up, bottle everything up, and then they all just get mad at each other. Listen, talking things through is more helpful than you think. If you want a safe space for that conversation, I recommend some therapy. Think about the things you can get out of therapy. First of all, a sounding board. You can learn better coping skills. You can learn how to set some boundaries, maybe how to empower yourself a little better day to day. And if you want to give therapy a try, well, I have an answer. Better help. A convenient and flexible way, since it's entirely online right now, it's easy to get started too. You can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Bill Simmons today to get 10% off your first month. That is betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Bill Simmons. This episode is brought to you by Simply Safe. Summer is all about fun vacations, but I know that being away from home could be stressful. So many things can happen. That's why I like to recommend Simply Safe, award-winning security that can help give you peace of mind when you're away. The only thing you should worry about while you're on vacation is having too much fun. Having my home, it's great. Couldn't work better. I think Simply Safe is the best because it comes with a variety of indoor and outdoor cameras, sensors to detect break-ins, fires, floods, and more. It's backed by 24-7 professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day. It's given me, my family, many others Real peace of mind. I'm waiting to have it too. Try it out. A 60-day money-back guarantee. No contracts right now. Get 20% off any Simply Safe system with fast protect monitoring at simplysafe.com slash BS. That is Simply Safe with two S. Simplysafe.com slash BS. There's no safe like Simply Safe. All right, we're taping this Thursday afternoon. Come on, be more excited than this. We're taping this Thursday afternoon. Yeah, <laughs> we made it. Our buddy cousin Sal is here. It's, it's our favorite stretch of the year. It's the seven uh, days before the first game of the season. This is when it's a, a bet frenzy. Yeah. There's been some value lost, especially also, on your team in the NFC East. There's been a little Eagles-Cowboys, uh, yeah, little momentum so. shift. This is the most nervous you are going into a Patriots season in how many years? I'm not nervous. I, I oh, actually am at peace already. I, we I've, it's, we're probably going 6-11. I'm fine All with right, it. This is the most concerned you are with the, t with the team's um, ability to win games. This is the most concerned I am with my relationship with nephew Kyle because he does not <laughs> like the pessimism. I just don't see a case for the Pats. They're, 
over under eight and a half. And it just, you just yelled at someone. Who'd you yell at? Sharp or someone for saying under or something? Then you, you yelled. I know. At, now I've been done. in denial. I've been in denial. In. Sometimes I'm, I'm too All happy right, with my let's team. Let's get to it. Let's go. Let's Love go through. It. We'll do AFC first. We're going to do NFC. We're going to try to do this in 90 minutes or less. And Over then on, on Sunday, we're going to do guest alliance. Oh, okay. Good. So uh, AFC, we'll mm. start in the AFC East. And we have Buffalo, who, all right, I'm going to do, can I do a Buffalo rant here? Buffalo's over yeah, under is 11 and a half. This would be the time, yeah. 11 and a half. They're mm -hmm. minus 230 for the division. They are one of the Super Bowl favorites, plus 650. This is all in FanDuel. They are number one seed in the AFC, plus 280. Mm -hmm. And they're just being penciled in. Yeah. And I guess my question is this. Are we sure Buffalo is this good? <laughs> what was their record last year? It was 11, 11 and 6. They it was 11 and 6. And they're over under 11 go and look a half. At, go look at their wins last year. It was mm. like KC week five. They beat the Pats twice, including the playoffs. Mm. And they beat Miami. I think those were the only three above 500 teams they beat. They played a bunch of shit quarterbacks. Wow. The schedule's much harder this year. Like, I know we're going to, we already mailed each other, I guess, the lines for week ones. Mm -hmm. They're favored in this Rams game in LA. And they're just being treated like they're like the 2018 Chiefs. Well, I, 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 it's I, a little ambitious to the, me. The question is, are they going to be more like that garbage team that lost to the Jaguars? Remember that? they uh, Then they scored like nine points or something. Or are they going to be more like the team that just uh, shit all over your team in the playoffs and then continued on against the Chiefs? I just think they're going to be an offensive force. I do worry about their secondary a little bit. Von Miller is a nice piece, but I don't think he uh, turns things around. You look at his sacks total, it's seven and a half. I don't think like a 33-year-old who's coming off of four, five, and five sacks. I, uh, I could do player props for, for <laughs> seven and a half hours, but uh, I love this offense. I really do. And they have the number one scoring defense in 2021. I trust McDermott. I trust their coach. I trust their quarterback. And, and right there, I know they're at KC, Tennessee, and at the Rams are their extra three games. And they end with your Patriots week 18, but... I'm love what they're doing. I like they. They're, I think they're a 13 win team. Here's what I don't get. Everybody is like in the in Buffalo, one of the best, you know, one of the best rosters in the league. I did this whole psychotic thing where I tried to figure out the almost elite and elite players on every team, mm -hmm. and I was stunned by some of the kind of the outcomes, including like how good the Chargers roster is. Like when you really lay it out, they have like 11 or 12 like elite or you love it. That's guys. who everyone's penciling into the Since Super Bowl. Since he was another one. Chargers, right. Um, the uh, Tampa, I think when you just look at how many blue chip and red chip mm -hmm. guys they have, yeah. way higher than you think. And then you get to Buffalo and, you know, I'm sorry, like Allen's there, obviously. You have Diggs and Gabe Davis, Von Miller, you got White, He's coming off an ACL. And then right. the two he's safeties. On, he's on PUP. I don't even think yeah. we're going to see him for the first month. Right. Yeah. And then Hyde and Poyer, the two safeties. Yeah. They basically have seven guys who have a chance to make an all-pro team. Right. So if you're going all in on this Buffalo 13 and 4 thing, you're basically saying Allen is going to be by far the best quarterback in the league. And it, like to me, I just look at them versus Mahomes. K Mahomes, KC has a better team. They've had, they've been in more, you know, more wars during the playoffs the last five years. Mm -hmm coaching staff that every year they win 10 to 12 games. And I don't understand why KC, everybody's worried about. And then Buffalo was like, oh yeah, Buffalo. I just don't get it. Yeah. All right. I don't, I don't understand why people worry about KC either. I think that's a winning team. I think that's a playoff team. People are getting cute, putting them in last place and it's stuff like that. It's because of Tyreek Hill. It's like, oh, they don't have Tyreek Hill anymore. So, yeah, right. so they're not a playoff team now? Yeah. It's really stupid. They it's used really all his money. They put it, you know, they doubled down on oh, the offensive line fine. spending. They got some draft picks. Mahomes had a 
had four touchdowns in a quarter against the Raiders in a game that Tyreek Hill didn't play. So we'll get to the Chiefs. It doesn't right. really matter. But uh, so I like. I, I don't love this division. Everyone's like, this division got better. Everybody yeah, got I don't better. Think it the did. Bills and the pa- Patriots got better than the Dolphins. So all right. So I could see a five and one in the division. And then what do you have to go the rest of the way to go thirteen and four, eight and three? I think they're I think they're right there around twelve. And I have them as best record in the uh, in football at plus seven fifty. So thirteen. Oh, interesting. And four. Yeah, I'm sticking with them. I'm doing a slight under. I wouldn't bet it, but mm-hmm. the under is eleven and a half. You get action on the under. It's plus one fifteen on FanDuel, and I just feel like I, they're going to be ten and seven, eleven and six, twelve and five. I do not see thirteen and four. You worry about Thanksgiving against Detroit. Now that I mean, like Boyle and Blau are I mean, cut. Did, like what? <laughs> do you have Detroit as, like, there's going to be a weird playoff team in the NFC, right? I got it. Yeah. Detroit's on the list for me for, like, a possible weird playoff team. Right. I think that's a harder game than usual. Right. Um, and they got Cincinnati at Cincinnati on a Monday night, week 17. Pat's game, yeah, week 18. Help here's when the you're thing. in first place. You have to play these first place schedules. It sucks. But. Well, here's the other thing with the over. They might, they might have the division clinched with three games left, and then against New England, you sure. know, and then they're like they're eleven and five, and then they just that's you know, the throw away the eleven teams, and six right. games. The Packers, same thing, same analysis with the over under. They end against Detroit. That game might not matter. It didn't matter last year. Could be the same thing. I'm going to lean over. I think there's going to be okay. a lot of slugfests, and they're going to be in the high thirties, early uh, low forties for most. Okay, of but we don't have a lot. Neither that. That's not a lock for either of the. Is that a lock for you? What do you mean a lock? I mean it's a it's a game like and we, a half. We're difference. gonna do like seven or eight locks that we're just I think it's like all oh, no. I think close? it's close. All right, yeah. we'll mark it down. Yeah. Miami's over is uh, eight and a half. There's been a lot of action on it. It's minus one thirty five. You, you don't even put the Patriots I don't. second. They're both eight and a half. I you don't understand, right? I don't. There's been <laughs> more action. Well, ironically, it's probably gonna come down to week one, Miami hosting New right. England. Fun for how this eight and a half goes, because both of those teams are kind of right around five hundred. Absolutely, I love the week one slate. Right, this it's a, really they, good. They, they did a nice job. They did. And, you know, they purposely backed at the Seattle, Denver, and everything else. And now this Carolina, Cleveland's great, and Miami, New England is terrific too. You're Can I say nervous. this? I yeah. think it's a must win for Miami because they go mm-hmm. at Baltimore week two, home Buffalo week three, yeah, at Cincinnati week four on a Thursday night. And that could be, if they lose that Pats game, they could be looking at 0-4, especially if Baltimore is, you know, regressing in the positive way, yep. like everybody seems to think. I have them as an over because I don't see how there would be two, how there would be three under 500 teams in this division. Mm-hmm. And I think you basically have to pick between Miami and New England. Listen, the Tua thing, I just don't see it. I'm not in, I'm out. But I don't feel strongly enough about it where I'm like, I'm out. I'm under just because of Tua because there's a world where they have so much speed with their receivers that he might be okay. So I'm not, I'm just, I'm scared of them. I'm staying away. I thought the same thing. I have to pick between the Dolphins and Patriots, right? And I like the range of eight to nine for both of them. I really do. So which one's going to win nine? Which is going to win eight? I picked the Dolphins to win eight. I don't trust this Mike McDaniel. When you don't trust the quarterback and the coach, what are you supposed to do, right? Uh, we're going to get to the it's Eagles. Same kind of thing. Everyone's putting them in the Super Bowl. Like, I don't trust the QB or the coach to make decisions. I don't like my coach either. That's for damn sure. But Mike McDaniel was like a run specialist for San Francisco. They surrounded... Do you wonder that if they surrounded Tua with all this talent or were they counting on Brady leading this team? This seems like for everything they did, the parts they put around him, the draft and all the free agency... I mean, for God's sakes, with Chase Edmonds, Tyreek Hill, Cedric Wilson, Connor Williams on the line, Teron Armstead, they franchise Gasicki. It seems like they made this for Tom Brady, and then he bailed, 
And it's like, all right, Tua. Hey, and by the way, they made him a captain today. I don't know if you saw it. So it's like, Tua? yeah, we, lo- we really love you. We really, no, trust me, we really love you. Oh my God. I think this is an eight-win team. I'll tell you what, I think Teddy Bridgewater gets six of those wins. I think they're one and four after five five. Wow. Weeks. Yeah. So you think Tua, by the time we get to the Jets game, is no that's longer exactly the, QB. the game. I like that that's call. That's it. I think that's my big swing there. I think they're one and four after the Jet game. You know what's interesting about Tua? He's turned into this weirdly polarizing QB where if I think it's a very fair opinion to say, I don't see it. He's he mm-hmm. doesn't move around well enough. I haven't seen enough from him as a thrower. Sure. I'm not scared when I bet against him. And it seemed like they were really gimmicking the offense to try to make him succeed. I don't see it. Right. And the Tua fans get so mad. Right. Like, oh, okay, you'll find out. It's like, settle down. This is yeah. just my sports opinion. I'm Justin not, Fields, I don't too. have anything. It would be great if Tua was good. <laughs> it would be the league's more fun if we had more fun quarterbacks. I just personally wasn't scared of him at all, mm-hmm. playing against him or betting against him. Yeah. And now this is this game you would normally be scared about. You probably are anyway, but because the Dolphins give the Patriots a fit. Yes. I think do. you go there and win. I have a Brady Belichick thing, which is a little tainted by the fact that Brady won the Super Bowl. It's one of those breakups where I feel like everybody's worse off. Yeah. Like the Brady's offseason has been one of the all time weirdest off seasons. We call it the Mike and the Mad Dog. Any great athlete has had. Is that the Mike and the Mad Dog? Yeah. I think, well, <laughs> but you could say, well, you know, no, Mad Dog made a ton of money from Sirius and Mad Dog was number one and Brady yeah. won a Super Bowl. But I'm just right. like, where they are right now, where mm-hmm. Belichick, people, people in Boston, I have friends who are like, he should probably retire soon. Like that's yeah. in the mix now. He's done such a bad job with the coaching staff with the mm-hmm. last six drafts. And Brady has just gone off the rails. This is like turning into Tom Cruise jumping on the Oprah sofa. I don't know what's going you, you, on. He took the, 10 days off in the middle page, of the preseason. It's a page six article. I just popped up as I was pulling up. About like, how she's not living. Yeah, there's is that what's all happening? kinds of gossip stuff. Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure if they're living in the same place anymore. Who knows? I mean, would it surprise you if Brady retired in week four? Like at this no. point. I don't, I, I think it wouldn't be surprising, right? Like he, he was gone, right, for 10 days. No well, let me ask you this. Remember I used to have the Tyson zone, which was yeah. one of my better ideas, where it's like, you would believe any story about Mike Tyson. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Like, name the story. Like, Mike Tyson was found in the Las Vegas Zoo fighting right, uh, yeah. a tiger. It's, it's and you'd be like, I kind of believe that. That mm-hmm. makes sense. Then Trump came in, and then we had the Trump zone. There was like, mm-hmm. when he was president, there was no story that could be about Trump that I wouldn't believe. You'd name the story. I'm starting to feel the same way about Brady. I was talking about this the other day. Like, this is like the National Enquirer. There's no story in the National Enquirer. Remember, we used to laugh at the National Enquirer, and now there, yeah. is sync. there is no story in sports or politics or anything that you wouldn't believe. Brady retired and unretired. Mm-hmm. He signed a $350 million deal with Fox that yeah. nobody even knows if he's going to announce one game for them. Nobody even knows if he's going to be a good announcer. Right. He came back. He might have gotten the coach fired. He didn't. He was going to sign with Miami and he was basically negotiating with them while he was on the Pats and it fell through. And walked and away Vegas, unscathed. Yeah. And Las Vegas and Dana White got involved and right. Dana White had this whole story about Vegas and then yeah, ends sick. up on Tampa yeah. and just left. Look, from, it's Arians. Kicked him got, to the got Arians yeah. fired. He left the preseason for 10 days. He came back. I don't know what's going on with his hair anymore. Yeah. Where it's like, it's a middle part and it's like a cherry red. Right. And it's up high. And You I, are in I, love. Look at you. Yeah. I, I'm really worried about him. I love the guy. But he that's why brought I think me he, six could, Super Bowl titles. he could be gone in a month. He really could. That's why Unders all over the place for the Bucs. But anyway. All right, wait. Look. Can you set that line for us? So Brady is playing in the NFL in week eight mm. over. Would you say like minus 350? Like how high would you no, set that line before you ma- it started every, making nervous? Because everything else. Uh, 
550, though. I think this is a, we bet on a lot of fights where the favorite was minus 550 and we lost, right? That feels about right. So it's like plus 475 that he's not playing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. right in there. Well, Miami's either going to go 8-9 or 9-8. and eight. I think right. the Pats are definitely going under. And I'll tell you this, the Pats over under is 8.5. Kyle, I'm sorry. Put, put earmuffs on, Kyle. <laughs> the Pats to have six or less wins on FanDuel's plus 280. Mm-hmm. The Pats to finish 6-11 and 11 exactly is 7-1. Wow. And I went through good. their schedule. And, I mean, you can imagine, as you know, you, you, we've both known Hench for a long, long oh, time. Yeah. Hench is He's doing a podcast on, on your podcast network. I know like, he is, yeah. The text I get He's from Hench, there was, a twi- there was a tweet thing about Belichick's last last three drafts and mm-hmm. how he went two for 13. And I thought Hench, I thought he was going to have to lead the state. He was so upset. <laughs> Just, I thought the text thread was over and then he'd have another text about it. He had more thoughts. Yeah. I, I don't know what to say other than they don't need to be talented to win. You know what I I'm guess, saying? But this the, is when we used to have I, I good coaching ro- staff. Do we I, have a good coaching it. staff anymore? And we don't have Scarnecchia. We don't have Flores. You're excited about like Devontae Park, and then you're like, oh man, he like was worse in the league in separation. Like, oh man, they're, they're not right. doing Mac Jones and any of the favorites they're doing Tua. But I still think this team, and people are, I've heard people talk about how they're going to have the worst record in the league at 50 to 1. No, that's like, no happening. way. No way. That's, that's why his basement, Belichick, I think is six wins. I really do. It's a brutal schedule because they're going at Miami, at Pittsburgh first two weeks. Yeah. And I th- I'm a little more afraid of Pittsburgh than some people. Baltimore week three, at Green Bay week four, mm-hmm. Detroit week five at home, Detroit, which seems Chicago, easy. Jets is, yeah, then it starts to get a little, a little easier. easier. I'm going under. I don't, I don't think they're a 500 team. Even like that talent thing I mentioned. Mm-hmm. I, other than Matthew Slater, I don't, they might not have an all pro on the roster. Then you yeah. think like the Chargers, how how loaded the Chargers are at quarterback and receiver right. and tackle and cornerback and pass rushers. Like the spot side, if you're going to be a great team, the Chargers have got have elite guys at all those positions. But and that's the what I mean. They're like all Judah. names. You have no names. You you started a uh, a wide receiver at cornerback and it worked out. I know that was years ago. I get ago. it. It, it was, was the Brady years, years. I get it. But your real question is. Which Mac Jones are you getting? The the one who threw for sixty nine percent in the first thirteen games, or sixty one percent in the last month or so? Well, no, they they have good running backs, mm-hmm. they have good safeties, and I thought Thornton had a chance to be like a special rookie, and of course he broke his collarbone. He's out until yeah. week eight, but um, they're paying seventy two million, I think, for receivers and tight ends, and they don't have mm-hmm. a number one guy. Like, yeah. How does that happen? I'm with you, and they they took a big swing I'm in the draft. I don't want to talk about the Pats. All right, Can we move nine on? Nine and eight. Let's do it. I have the Jets. Uh, I have the Jets under as well. So I have uh, I have three unders in this division. Jets are five and a half wins. It's plus 125 under. I don't know why everyone got excited about the Jets. And it was like, they had an amazing draft. Well, did you re- watch the preseason? Like, Brees, Brees Hall was terrible uh, in the preseason. Oh, uh, you can't go by that. I, I know. What, what you can't, the Zach Wilson thing hurts. Obviously, the Becton thing hurts. I cautiously am going over five and a half, although you're paying juice. I, I don't like, I don't know why I'm doing it, but I like six and 11. I know. How do you get excited for a team that's 0 and 12 the last uh, two years against the AFC East? But Th- to me, this is like just play it safe. Just go under. Just go under with the Jets. With just, the plus. just that's what you have to do. At Seattle, Jacksonville, and at Denver, they're kind of, kind of winnable games there. They have a weird schedule in that they play the AFC North in their first four games. So, it's going to be an interesting team. And you know they'll lose the teams they should beat and they'll they'll beat one or two teams they should uh, lose to. So draft was great. Never is like that. Gardner, Wilson, right? Well, look at their road games. 
because they have they have the uh, AFC North and they're at Cleveland and Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. They're at Green Bay at Denver. They're at the Pats, obviously, and at Buffalo, obviously. At Minnesota, at Seattle late, and then they finished with at Miami. Yeah, It's like not an easy road game out of those eight that I feel awesome no, about. No, but when did they win on the road anyway? So Seattle, they're, they're just winnable games are Seattle, Jacksonville, Detroit, Chicago for sure. Um, who else? I don't see you know, the elite Pittsburgh. guys on the roster. And I had them on my division. rankings as the lowest elite player team. I had really? Mosley as an almost elite and Reed as an almost elite, and that's it. Two guys. So the receivers, true. like Garrett Wilson, maybe. I didn't put rookies on there because mm-hmm. who the hell knows? That Lake and Tomlinson is pretty good, that guard from the, picked up from the 49ers. But Hey, we're canceling the rest of this podcast because it looks like the uh, Cavs traded for Donovan Mitchell. So oh, Sal, it was great to oh, see you. Stop. Um, we're going to take a break and come back with Donovan. <laughs> no, they really, they really did. Apparently, uh, who cares? Apparently Simmons. the Cavs traded. A, I need a time The NBA check. hole is here. The Fire Cavs have traded for Donovan Mitchell. Good. It doesn't matter. It's it, a great it, trade. It, I, what are you going to do about basketball? I'll, it, it's going away. You really have Where's a, it going? You had a dismal season. Not you specifically, but the NBA. It was shameful. 54% of the ga- playoff games were 10-point blowouts or I worse. Know. And then we have this well, offseason. Who's making Kevin money? Durant. You. You were betting biggest lead I did every win game. Money, but you did well. Aren't you worried about your league? No, How does this go I'm away? Worried. I'm not worried. I'm worried about the Pats. There's going to be break. The there's going to be there's going to be blowouts all over the place. You embarrass yourself with this Kevin Durant thing. Reaching out to our mutual friend Chris Bianco. He's going to be in Phoenix. He's going. I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Let's see. Come on. Yeah, Enough already. Happen. Enough. Let's do. You want to do the AFC North quick? Yeah. And then we'll take I want to do basketball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. AFC North. So I want to start with Cincy. Really? Who okay. does not have the highest over under. Right. Nine and a half. It's nine and a half. Baltimore is 10 and a half. Mm-hmm. So this is my crazy pills team. Cincinnati, like everybody's back from last season. They have Burrow and Chase, two absolute elite players in that positions on rookie contracts. It's like a miracle. Mm-hmm. The two best players on your team and two of the best players in the AFC are on rookie contracts. They beefed up their offensive line. They have a couple of elite guys on defense. They were good last year. They got the best kicker other than Tucker in the league. I don't see the hangover thing at all. I think I, like, but did me, anyone ever see it? Seven, go, Do I, we ever see the hangover thing for the losing Super Bowl team? Yeah, there's signs. Usually like somebody left or the the, the offensive coordinator left or some of that stuff. None of that stuff happened with them. Yeah. They're not going to go <clears> 10 and seven. I have them at 11 and six. The la- I, I have them as a playoff team at 10 and seven, which is good enough to put them over. But the last six Super Bowl losers averaged 8.8 wins the following year. And granted, most of those were a 16-game schedule. But. Okay. but here's my counter. I don't think they should have made the Super Bowl last year. I think this was the year for them. And All last right. year, they kind of snuck in because mm-hmm. Tannehill and Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry's hurt. Tannehill just well, that division took a shit in that apart. game. Yeah, you could start before that. Like, everyone's quarterback in that division. Right, Baltimore like. had yeah. the worst injury luck mm-hmm. ever. I just, I feel like this is the year for them, not last year. They're plus 170 for the division. 10 plus wins, they're minus 120. Mm-hmm. AFC one seed, they're 10 to one because I, I think it's gonna be hard to have a one seed come out of the AFC West with how deep that division is. So you're basically looking at right. Buffalo or Cincy. And I think Cincy has more talent than Buffalo. I had them in my rankings. I had them as the elite players as 30.5 and I had Buffalo at 20.5. What is this system you have? Look at, these are all their good guys. 5. Burrow, Mixon, Chase, Higgins, Kappa, Hendrickson, Hendrickson Reader, yep. Hubbard, Awuzie. Hilton, Bates, McPherson. That's like half their half the guys you play are, are elite or almost elite. They're solid. More than anything, they 
seem to have fixed the offensive line problem. He's been sacked tw- yeah. 70 times. It's way better this 70 year. times in 20 games. You yeah. know, they have Kappa. They have LLA Collins, who likes to start fights. They did a nice job there. They lost. The t- they have Hunter Hurst at tight end. Might not be an upgrade, but uh, I'm with you. I think they're a 10-win team. I think they got lucky. They're better, but they also got lucky last year. So why don't we put them just at 10 wins and give the division to the team who had everybody out and right. still That's competed fair. and was still 8-9 and nine last year, the Ravens. So I get, here's my, my take on that. It, since he's plus 170 to win the division, mm. and Baltimore is plus 145, I'll accept the case that they're even, but I will not accept the case that Baltimore should have a win higher and an over-under and they should be the favorites in the division when, as far as as far as far I can see, unless Bateman is awesome, which by all the preseason hype, everybody's going nuts about him. I get it. Yeah. But they need him to be awesome because he's the only receiver that anyone's tough, ever even heard of on this group. team. Yeah, Andrews they have. Dobbins coming off an ACL. And I know they're fixing the offense to so try to unleash Lamar. Does Lamar, Lamar thing make Stanley, you nervous? Humphrey, Peters, Dobbins, Gus Edwards. It's just the other thing is, seventeen of the last nineteen years, a team has gone from worst to first. Yeah, it's got to be the if there's any team, it's got to be the Ravens. Look at so they were fourth division. in that division. Yeah, it wasn't Pitt, yeah right. It wasn't Pittsburgh. eight and nine. Here's the thing: we're probably both right, and it probably comes down to January eighth when they play Baltimore in Cincinnati. That's the last game. Well, I was looking at. There's six teams that have averaged 10 wins a game in the last nine years. KC has 103. New England won 103 in the last nine. Seattle, 94. Green mm-hmm. Bay, 92. Pittsburgh, 91. New Orleans, 90. And Baltimore's at 83. And That's that includes last year's shit year. Yeah. I thought they were going to be higher. I, I thought there was like a too. Harbaugh infrastructure. Yeah, sure. I like Cincy five. more. So, so you would take Baltimore to win the division. I, like I would take Cincy. 12 and five, uh, over 10 and a half. But I also have Cincinnati as a Wild card team over nine and a half. I hate this under and I hate the over. I have them at like 10 and seven. So I'm going to go slight under. I wouldn't bet it. I would bet the Cincinnati. The Ravens? Yeah. I'm going slight Automatic under. Automatic win against the Jets there. Uh, Pretty good. Then versus Miami. Here's another one I get. Cleveland. Cleveland's eight and a half. It's plus 135 that action outrageous. on the over. Minus 160 in the under there. Plus 370 to win the division. There's six or less wins bet on FanDuel is plus 176. Doesn't have to be Fandle. You can go wherever you want. You can shop that around. Yeah. And then what else? <laughs> you watched Jacoby Brissett last year, right? Yeah. When he came in in Miami, and it's like, you know what? Mm-hmm. This guy's going to be better than Tua. Right. This guy's, you know, he's done, he's had some moments. We did he that was a fucking lot. terrible. Why do we do that, though? We did that with the Ravens, too. Oh, Huntley's better than Lamar Jack. Why do we, what's wrong with us when we, when Jacoby we, Brissett was terrible last year. Yeah. I think he was in one of the three worst quarterbacks I watched last year. So, He's playing the first 11 games for Cleveland. And, you know, they have some tough ones in there, right? They have, they have, uh, they're at Baltimore, home Cincy. They're at Miami, Buffalo, back to back after the bye week, yeah. right before Deshaun shows up. They have a couple, you know, they have, they're at Carolina, they have the Jets. So they, it's not like the schedule is like crazy hard, but I think one and six, actually, first seven. You think so? And I, I, I probably, so you're giving think them the Jets game more or the Atlanta than, game? Uh, more, more high, I'm giving them the Pittsburgh game, believe it or not. But uh, yeah, I, I don't, and I'm not positive he's going to come back like gang, gangbusters. What week is that? What week is that? That's week back? 12. He's come back again. Well, week 13, he's come back against Houston. Houston. Oh, yeah. They have to play Tampa too without him because that's yeah. week 12 because they right. have the bye week. So they go at Miami, at Buffalo, Tampa. Then he comes back. And he's going to be great. Like, let's not forget Deshaun Watson, everything that's uh, terrible about him. He also is coming off. 
two ACL, not coming off, but he suffered two ACL injuries. So right. um, the $230 million dollars is a real, real risk, um, even before all the masseuse uh, nonsense. So You had Amari Cooper for a few years there. Yeah. That's you looking like a steal when you, you look at so? that. Yeah, for oh, what yeah. they paid for him. Yeah, because then the Christian Kirk thing put everything in motion. Yes. Now everybody makes like $14 million as a receiver. I think there was like one $14 million receiver before this, and now, now there's seven. So, uh, yeah, everyone went a little bit nuts. But I don't, I can't believe, I think you're right with those adjusted uh, adjusted numbers for Brown's win totals. Under, way under. What would they have to do with, what's the best they could be before he comes back? I, th- I thought after it came out that he was missing the first 11 games, mm-hmm. I thought this over-under would be like seven or six and a half. Right. And they it's eight move. and a half. They really didn't move. It didn't it. move. I, people have told me that they get afraid to move the line because then they have people like the Warren Sharps of the world who bet it on one number and then you right. move it two two wins and now they can get at the other number and you just get crushed yeah, yeah. either way. Yeah. So they're, it's kind of what happened with Philly with the division where you can't move it past a certain point because then there's no value left. Okay, but still, they have to beat these teams. <laughs> I know, that's what... I, I, I just four, four and seven when he comes back. And then what do they have to go? They have to go... They do. Uh, they have a lot of... And one the rest of the way? No way. The they have some young talent. We we still haven't seen Chubb just kick ass for 17 weeks. Uh-huh. It's going to happen one of these years, as you know I love him, but right. I don't see it. Pittsburgh, they're seven and a half. I think Pittsburgh, I actually think their line is a game too low. And Cleveland's is too, too high. I have Pittsburgh over. I don't feel great about it, but I just, the Tom and Flores is there now. Yeah. Um, they have some kick-ass guys, right? Watt, Hayward. Watt is, uh, if you really dig into those numbers. He's the best edge guy really, in the entire league. Somehow one of the most underrated players of all time. If, right. If, if something, if he's done now. They got Fitzpatrick. So they got three like legitimate blue chippers on D. But you know what else they have? They have a quarterback controversy. And that's something Tomlin never had before, right? Yeah. So you want to say, well, nine and eight or eight, eight and one, he's never going to go lower than that. First of all, they were nine, seven and one. You watch their games. They could have been, this could have been a four and 13 team. So in my eyes, they're going from four wins to seven and a half. Yeah. Is the over under. They, as Damashek says, knuckleballed their way to the playoffs and it was delightful, but I, I don't see it. I really think that the, still the worst run defense in football. Start, well, the uh, line is what, the offensive line worries me. Yeah. The offensive line's a mess. So you got to, I, I don't know. It's, it's weird because everybody's stats, all the superstar stats were way low because Roethlisberger was so bad because they had three points at halftime like six out of seven games uh, to end the season and still somehow made the playoffs. I'm going under. I see seven and ten here. So everyone talks about the luck they had in some of those games. Ugh. On the flip side, you can't play, you can't be worse at quarterback than Roethlisberger was. Yeah. So, but maybe they I'm don't not a Trubisky guy, the, but maybe they don't figure out who the, and I am, which is weird. You know I am. Yeah. So maybe they don't figure out who their quarterback is though for a while. That's what I mean with Tomlin. That's it's going to, it feels like it's going to be Pickett. It is? Yeah. I think I think he showed enough and of that will be what But you have to on. start Trubisky because you can't go back the other way. Right? I got to say, great over-under. Seven and a half is perfect. Because I, I, mm-hmm. I think, yeah. I just think eight and nine, I don't think Tomlin is capable of going worse than eight and nine. Well, we just I, haven't seen it. I would say that's the case for your Patriots too. Like you, you I, should count on your coach as much as Tomlin, I think. From your lips to God's ears. Yeah. We're going to take a break. Come back with the AFC South. This episode is supported by State Farm. 
Have you ever been in an accident and you're okay, but you know what happened? Your first reaction is going to be, man, why did that happen? If you ever buy a new house or a new car or a new anything, there's this little rush you get when you're like, I did it. I made it happen. But really, the only words you need to remember are like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to help choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. This episode is brought to you by Nissan. Get ready to level up your adventures with the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder built to navigate you to some of Earth's most awe-inspiring spots with seven drive modes with all the power you need. Get the thrill of the drive in every moment of your journey with the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. Learn more at nissanusa.com. All right, AFC South a shit show for the hundredth straight year. Oh, Just can God. we ever have a normal year with the AFC South where we feel good about one of the teams? Just not a fast division. Everyone's teal colored and everyone's <laughs> their quarterback stinks. And what are we doing? Like, but and then again, then somehow the Titans get the number one seed, and you could have catched that for what, like twelve to one. Yeah, I think it would. It was even better. I think it mm-hmm. was like fourteen. Was to it one. really? Yeah. I hate this division. I feel like we lose money in it all the time. Yeah. Tennessee. Well, don't worry, losing. Matt Ryan's in the division now. How are we going to lose it, money? So does that cancel? <laughs> does our bad luck with AFC South and our bad luck with Matt Ryan, does that now cancel each oh, other wow. out? It's like the two We're wrongs even make out. a right. I guess we'll yeah. find out. Mm-hmm. Indy's nine and a half wins. Mm-hmm. A lot of action. Minus 160, plus 135 to try to entice you to go under. They're minus 125 for the division. They're minus 160 to win 10 plus games which is, I guess, mirrors the nine and a half over under. I'm an idiot. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you have? You pick I, Indianapolis or Tennessee? I, I took the puss bag way out here. I, I picked them both at nine and eight, and I don't know how to figure out the tiebreaker. For our purposes, I have the Colts winning division. But I don't think it's a year like last year where the Titans were able to mop up against, you know, it seems like the tech, Texans, even though I think they had a tough game against Texans, and the Jaguars, like, Lawrence is a year older. I like Davis Mills. Um, I don't think either of those two you will like win the Davis division. You like Davis Mills? Interesting. I do. I really do. You do like those three-step drop, chuck it downfield Whatever. guys. Look at his numbers. He was yeah. like, in the last month, he was like the best rookie quarterback. And, uh, you know, they don't surround him with anything. But here's the problem. They're playing the AFC West this year. Yeah. They're not going to get easy wins. So that's why I have both at the top of the division at nine, which puts them both under nine and a half, right? They're both nine and a half? Yeah. Yeah, Tennessee. What are the what's the juice on that? That is under's minus one thirty five. Yeah, somewhere in there. So I did the same thing. I ha- I went yeah. under on both because yeah. I actually think the other two teams in this division are a little better than maybe people realize. Right. And I think these two teams are a little worse. The Tennessee case for what were they last year? They were uh, they did they, twelve, 12 and, and five. Yeah. So were they three wins worse? Couple things I'm worried about. Mm-hmm. Derrick Henry. Coping off that foot injury. Mm-hmm. I don't want him in fantasy. I don't want money on him with the over in this division. Mm-hmm. Even in the playoff game, didn't look that good. They don't have a single receiver I like. They, they basically pushed all the eggs in the Traylon Burks, Burks basket. And yeah. he's pretty, I I haven't exactly uh, You're not a Robert seen the Woods rave guy? reviews. The Coming ramp, off a pretty severe ACL. Better blocking wide receiver than uh, a difference maker. You know, not going to put up like 150 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, I don't. See a game like that. 
Yeah, I'm with you. They trade AJ Brown. Um, you know, they had Landry went out today with a torn ACL. Did he really? Yeah. Oh, that's big. Yeah, I didn't see that. Yeah, and that defense played well the second half of the year. I actually like them and the Colts defense. You talk about blue chippers. That Kevin Byard, I bet for yeah. most interceptions. I like that. They got They're, Hooker. They got Long. Yeah. They got Simmons as like a badass on the D line. But here's the thing: they won 12 games. We look at them as an average team. We saw, you know, Tannehill, what, what he started the game with an interception, ended the half, whatever he did there. Yeah. They're not trusting him. Uh, and he's, their extra games are at Buffalo, Cincinnati, and at Green Bay. And I didn't even talk about the AFC West, do they play? They're, they're in a little bit of trouble, but I don't think the Colts are much better. I think they're it's, a similar team. They play the Giants in week one. Yeah. And then the QBs get tough after that. Like just, they probably play 12 elite or almost elite QBs, right? They have they have uh, Josh, Josh Allen, Allen, David Carr, Carr Ryan, who has mm-hmm. Ryan twice. They have Mahomes, they have Wilson, they have Rodgers, they have Burrow, mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts, mm-hmm. who at least fantasy is elite. Right. Stafford, your guy Dak, and maybe Trevor Lawrence twice if yeah. if Trevor Lawrence is making a jump this year. So that's not Stafford. I think they play the Chargers. You said. Oh Stafford. my bad. Yeah, yeah. I have. Uh, yeah. Well, Herbert's Herbert's yeah. worse. Yep. Yeah. So not awesome. I have for uh, for Jacksonville, it's six and a half. I have the over. I almost made this a lock. They're three and 14 last year, and you just feel like Etienne's coming back. They've had a bunch of draft picks that people liked. Mm. Lawrence, I think, is going to be a different guy. They have a normal coaching staff. And is it like, should you go from three wins to seven wins after you had Urban Meyer, the worst coach in NFL history? I'm going to say yes. That is it, that. So that's always the thing, right? Like if a team goes from three to six, that's still under. And that's why I have them at six. But they're doubling their wins. But you're right. They're coming off the Urban Meyer year. I don't love Doug Peterson in here. I don't. They they overspent. I don't love them from for four years from now because they spent a billion dollars on average players, right? Christian Kirk and Zay Jones, yeah. and you know they overpaid for everyone. Everett but sometimes Ingram. that works for the first season. So like maybe we, it will with for the, the Pats. The first it helped season. them last year. I still have six and eleven. I don't, I don't like that draft that Trayvon Walker. He wasn't all anything for for all the Georgia and Alabama players you could have gotten. I think they. They missed there. That first game against Washington, the Wentz revenge is, is fun. But three of their first four are on the road. So what's what revenge? What revenge is Wentz having? <laughs> oh, you don't Did know? Did I miss something? <laughs> Was there Wentz revenge? Well, they they crushed him, right? In week 17. I mean, he's not going to get revenge. Yeah, well, Wentz is going to get revenge on Washington fans and people bet on him. I don't know. I think if they win that Washington game, you're in the clear with that over because they'll go six and 10 the rest of the way. They have. They get to play both New York teams. They get to play Houston yeah, twice. 13 to 17 is Lions, Jets, Texans. Yeah. They're winnable games for sure. But I have them slightly under it. I wouldn't bet it, but I have it over, which is the first time I've been over with them in a couple uh-huh. years. And then I also have Houston over at four and a half. Right. Houston, there's been a lot of worse record action on them, plus 350. They're 100 to one to win the conference. Yeah. They're playing the AFC West. There's a lot of reasons to not like them. But first of all, did you know they went four and 13 last year? Yeah. So can they? What do you mean? Oh, you think? Yeah, just can pick they up a game. Pick one game up. Like people really liked uh, like their draft and some of the guys they brought in. Like I, I guess their yeah, defenses was, looked like pretty good this year in the preseason. It wasn't like a Bill O'Brien type, right? They're they're kind of like shed that whole personality. Now they have Lovey Smith. What do you think Lovey Smith's career record is? One hundred eighty-two games. It's 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 better than uh than our guy Kyle Shanahan, isn't yeah. it? Isn't it over 500? It's 92 and 90. <laughs> Lovey Smith is 92 and 90. I know. I thought he was pretty good on Chicago. Yeah. I, look, I, I think, you know, 102 
uh, quarterback rating last five starts for Davis Mills. Yeah. Again, what, what are you going to do? Then Mechie uh, tears his, uh, he goes out. That's no good. I like Stingley. I like their draft picks. What about like Pierce? Additions. Pierce, Pierce is, is looking fun. like offensive rookie of yeah. the year, possibly. Yeah. Take some pressure off them. I, I think they can get to five wins. I did too. All right. So funny. We go under on Tennessee, Indianapolis, and we, you went under on Jacksonville. Yeah. I went over on Houston and Jacksonville. Well, I just thought they're definitely not going four and oh, Colts are. Titans in the no. division against these other teams. Would you, what would you give me on odds that we have no winning team in the AFC South that eight and nine wins the division? Yeah, could that be? I was thinking that would could you be say the like NFC East. Yeah. Plus 300 on that? Maybe even less. Plus 220? Yeah, well, if the over unders are nine and a half, if one of them goes under 10 and seven, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe 280, 280, 300, maybe. Be like if you had two eight and nine teams, mm-hmm. a seven and 10 team, and a Six and 11 it. Texans. That would be the path. Right. Everybody else beefs up on them. AFC West, the most fun division to talk about. Really great. Uh, you watch any night game, right? Could be any of these four teams playing each other. Are the Chiefs and Chargers the two best teams in the league? In the league? Yeah. I like the Raiders. I have the Raiders winning the division with 11 wins. Wow. Really? I, I don't know what's going on in people's heads. Like, people... What is, what's people, going on in your head? Well, if, if you ask most football fans who won that game the last week, Raiders or Chargers, I think most people would say the Chargers. They didn't win that game. The Raiders won the game. And if Carr doesn't spike the ball and they lose it down there and they were, you know, five yards, six yards away from going to overtime against a team that made it to the Super Bowl. And now they add Jones and they're, they're doing great. They, you know, they, they extend Carr. Uh, you know, they add Chandler Jones, who's a pressure guy. They add Devontae Adams. I like this team a lot. Let's forget about, like, you know, the Gruden stuff. Like, they they had their their president quit on them. They had, obviously, the the Ruggs thing was terrible. I think they're back on track. I have I them really fourth do. in the division. Do you really? They're over-unders eight and a half. They're seven and one to win the division. Seven and one. I've seen that since February. And that's what I was like, I have to take that. Six or less wins, plus 270. Oh, come on. Best record in the league, 60 to 1. 10 plus wins, plus 150. Worst record in the league, you think? Worst no, or best bad? record, oh. 60 to 1. Oh, you're going. Okay. 10 plus wins, plus 150. Their yeah. odds are all over the place. Here, I like this team. Here's what I don't like. Loaded with the playmakers. Mm-hmm. I have them at nine elite players, including the uh, kicker and the punter, who are, I think are both really mm-hmm. good. But no offensive line. Their offensive the line, line is, is a bottom five terrible offensive line. Okay, but it wasn't And that's the part that worries me. And then you have the Waller thing where... I like to see him play. You pencil him in as, oh, it's Waller. He's one of the best Mm -hmm. tight ends in the league. He was kind of up and down last year. He wants a contract. He just switched agents. I think Renfro does better than than Devontae Adams, but I think they put it together. I do love Renfro. You and I both are huge Renfro guys. What are we going to bid on him? So here's the thing. So... You you bring in McDaniel's. I see. I see the whole case. Everyone, oh, else, you hate McDaniel. You have to hate McDaniel. I don't know how good he is. I forgot about. I don't know how this. good he is. All the Belichick people have to fail after. I get it now. That's okay. No, that's not how we feel. <laughs> We're not spiteful like that. I see. I Josh see. helped us win some Super Bowls. I see. <laughs> I just don't understand the the how people can just discount how bad their offensive line is. Like that should matter. It was bad last year, and also like they they blew what, three Gruden drafts there where multiple first-round picks who were just not on the team anymore for a variety mm-hmm. of reasons where you have 
I think Jacobs is probably the best one. Max Crosby was a later Crosby and draft. Renfro. That's why you can't get on their draft too much because it's Leatherwood it's getting two. cut and all those other guys. But at least I think that's the reason to like the Raiders. They didn't have draft picks this year to screw up. They had no first <laughs> and second round picks. So they're free of that and free of a lot of just garbage. I worry about receivers twi- switching teams. Just point to me all the time yeah. that it's actually worked out in an awesome way. Not For some reason, it's always weird. Not too many. I think Adams and Tyreek Hill's numbers go down, but I think their their team. It's funny. I'm I'm under on them. I think they're eight wow. nine or worse. Well, here's the thing about the AFC West because you can and then you can point to their schedule. It's tough. Ter- f- first five. Everybody's got a chunk of five games that are just brutal. Yeah. Just like take the month off. Forget it. You know, who can get through them is is the question. But yeah, if you say the Raiders are in last, I'm not going to scream you're you're nuts. I, I think Denver's in last. People like them. People putting them in the Super Bowl. I don't feel that way. No. But I do think one of those two teams is probably the seventh playoff team in the AFC. One of? Denver. Like, I think we get three out of this. Oh, you do? AFC team, yeah. So Cincinnati or Baltimore? I I have Cincinnati in. Oh, so you don't have Baltimore in? No, I think Cincinnati wins the division and Baltimore makes it too. So I have two in that. One in AFC South. What? Oh, so then you can't. One in AFC East, and then I got three in the oh, AFC one. West. Oh, no, well, not one wild card. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So I think it comes down to Denver versus Vegas, and I, I just feel a little better about Denver, even though I'm with you. Right. Oh, so you're not a you're not a Charger guy then? Well, no, I'm or, in the Chargers. Oh, you're I got three AFC the teams. Let's go, KC okay. ten and a half. I see what the hell's going on here. This is one of my locks. To the division plus one fifty five. Ten. Yeah. 10 plus wins is minus 210, so no value there. Best record's 9 and 1. I kind of like that. Mm. AFC number one seed is plus 650. Last year, they were 12 and 5. <laughs> and they they beefed up their defense. Karlaftis and Duffy, two rookies that are coming and helping right away. Apparently, there's been a Frank Clark comeback, which I'm excited about. Yep. Chris Jones is in the middle now. I think their defense is going to be better than people think. And I've said this on the last three pods, so I'll just say it quickly again. Mahomes in a great offensive line I'm in. Mahomes with time, I don't care who his receivers are. Yeah. He's going to have five seconds to throw, and these guys are going to be running around, and then he'll buy another two seconds, and just over and over again. We haven't seen him with time in four years. Doesn't this team have three seasons every year? It's like the first four, like they have no defense. Oh, they can't. Well, they're not going to last in January with this defense. Then the defense figures it out, and then Mahomes will go like, five games where he has like seven total touchdowns. Like, whoa, what's this? Oh, why can't they score? Yeah. If you look at like some of their wins, they don't they don't have to put up 40 to win the game. Like, granted, they played the the Packers without uh, Aaron Rodgers and they have a few wins like that last year in the 12 and five. But, and I know they have a tough start. Arizona, at Arizona Chargers, Colts. I don't think at, at Arizona is a tough game. No, I know. But if you look at the first seven, it's tough. Yeah. I think he's like uh, 22 and four in September. Uh, Mahomes since he started. Like, I, I don't, I, no one bothers me. Like, they're going to be a favorite at Arizona. They're going to be a favorite so all So we're both games. in on KC. I love Kansas City. Great. Because I, I made this case the other day about how I feel like this could be his 2022 Warriors Curry season mm-hmm. where everything's built around him now. Yeah. Hey, don't be sarcastic. <laughs> I'm not sarcastic. Everything's I'm built it around up. him. It's yeah. like, hey, you know what we should do? We should yeah. be able to block for Pat Mahomes. Right. And you know what? Maybe maybe we'll spend the money there mm-hmm. and the capital there, and then we'll just get good to decent receivers. They'll get the juju comeback year. Um, r- running backs are okay, but really, this is Mahomes' team now. Sure. He's just going to go nuts. It's kind of like Barry Sanders, right? Like, uh, if they had imagine if they had an offensive line, it's like no, he improvises so much, yeah, it might screw him up. So, right? Yeah, just get open five just seconds later. Stuff. I think he's going to have the most fun he's had in his career this season. Yeah. 
I also think the old chip on the shoulder mm-hmm. from he blows the Cincy game. I mean, the weirdest hour and a half of his career. Right. And then it's this whole, now it's Josh Allen's league and now it's Herbert, Herbert right. MVP, Herbert, huge Herbert jerk oh. circle. By the way, I'm in it. Don't make room for me in the Herbert jerk yeah. circle. But it's just, it's everybody else and not Mahomes. He's not overrated, but he's over, he's overpraised, I think, Herbert. Yeah, bit, I just right? like, don't forget how awesome Pat Mahomes yeah. is just because he sucked in that Bengals game. Also, if you gave Pat Mahomes an extra down to throw, like that Staley is nuts. They're going for it on fourth down every yeah. time. So I feel like Herbert has more chances to succeed because they go for it on fourth down, like uh, yeah. not as well, much. The older coaches don't do that as much. I think the Chargers have the best roster in the league. And I love how they beefed up at all the positions that actually matter. Their over-under is 10. The over-under actually moved. It was nine and a half. They actually bumped it to 10. Mm-hmm. It's still minus 140. You get them for the division for plus 240. You get them for best record for 16 and one. You can get them AFC uh, number one seed plus 950. And... Look, I think both of these teams could go like 12 and 5, 13 and 4. Really? Wow. I'm more nervous about Staley than anything with the Chiefs. Yeah. I thought Staley was appalling last year. Not just the game management, but their defense was bad. And I know they brought in Khalil Mack, they mm-hmm. brought in JC Jackson. I get it. Tell me why he's at the top for coach of the year. Was he? He, he is right now. Brandon Staley? Yeah. I feel like he's the weak link on that team. That's what I'm thinking. And and meanwhile, you can get uh, the Bills coach for like 15 to 1 or something. Hmm. It's really bizarre. Like, wouldn't you rather have Sean McDermott than Staley? AI Staley drives me a little bit nuts. Chargers most fun team in the league. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm like there's going to be no week where it's like ah the Chargers are on one of the TVs. Yeah. So it's like cool, put the Chargers on. Yeah, but there's also you got to think there's first of all there's two things. There's also always like a, a kicking thing that screws them up yeah, or there's something really stupid. Something, you know, the 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 team doctor whatever it might be. Second <laughs> thing is the team doctor stabbing the quarterback. Yeah. You you can't give them a decisive home win in any of Thank these. you. That's it. I'm so glad you brought this up. You they have no it. home field advantage at all. It matters after yes, a while. Yes, the Chiefs have a home field advantage. Yeah. Now, granted, one. it didn't work out in that Bengals game, but for the most part, it's nice to have your fans cheer for you at home. Yeah. Sal and I live in LA. Nobody cares about the Chargers. At here. Kansas City, uh, sorry, uh, home versus Vegas, there's going to be a lot of Raiders fans. A lot of Raiders fans. Oh, yeah. Maybe Jacksonville, they don't have. How about Denver uh, week six? Denver, for sure, there will be. Um, Seattle, Kansas City Kansas will have City them. for sure. Uh, Miami will have. I mean, there's a lot of Miami fans out there. The Ram and the Rams is just you know that's the Rams is basically a home game for the sure. Rams. The Rams have ten games at SoFi this year. Yeah. If Justin Herbert was the Dallas Cowboys quarterback, would he be the biggest star in the league? Interesting. I think he would. You think he's been Mike Trouted a little bit out here and a little bit? Yeah. Who the fuck cares about the Chargers? Well, he might as well be playing in like Mexico I don't City. Know. I, I go two ways with him because I, I think he gets a lot of praise. A ton of praise. A lot of people are leaning on him as, as MVP at 10 to 1. He's very fun when you've bet on the Chargers and they're down 17 in the third quarter and it just seems like he can bring them back in like yeah. five, in fi- in, sorry, in right. five throws. Mm-hmm. So there's like a Mahomes quality in him. I don't trust the coaching infrastructure. I do not trust the baggage that they've had with all of these dumb losses they've had over the years. And the lack of home field. So I, my edge is to the Chiefs. I like the Chiefs think, to win that division. Uh, the one thing I'll say that people love the J.C. Jackson. Um, by the way, I think he made top 15 or top 20 um, j- just off, basically off last year in the NFL 100. Uh, they love the Khalil Mack trade, but the, they were 31st in the league against the run. And they have some run stoppers in Joseph Day and Austin Johnson they picked up from the uh, Rams and Giants. So that, I think, they'll be better there. 
um, and Bosa. And like, you know, if you say blue chip, red chip, you can go Bosa's on and on, on with Chargers. Both Bosa's are in there. But it doesn't ever add up with them. And I, I'm telling you, that home field matters. That They're miserable after a while. I had, they were the highest team in my rankings with, with, uh, with chippers. Mm-hmm. 34 and a half. And they had Herbert, Eckler, Williams, Allen, Lindsey, Slater. No, just add it up with the stupid scoring system. Mac, Bosa, Jackson, Samuel is probably the best uh, nickelback in the league. And James. Linebacker is not awesome. Like they picked up Kyle Van Noy and people were talking about like, and they've got Kyle Van Noy. It's like Kyle Van Noy was terrible last year for the Patriots. I don't know. I don't know if you watched the Buffalo game when they did whatever the fuck they wanted against us. So, all right, Denver quick. Denver's over-under is nine and a half. I don't know why I don't like them as much. AFC number one seed plus 750. 10 plus wins minus 134. Playoffs minus 146. Hmm. Yeah, that's I just tough. don't think, I've said this already, I'm, I'm, I'll make it quick. I don't think Wilson is the 2014-15 Wilson. I anymore. don't either. And I, I don't think that's a controversial thing to say. I don't think he moves around the same way. Right. When he's more in the pocket, like all that stuff. The fact that they lost um, Tim Patrick already, they have two receivers. Judy, we've never seen really play. He's taunted us. We've you can't never say really he didn't have it. receivers the last few years, yeah, right? Yeah, he had Metcalf and Lockett. Yeah, and Metcalf was better with Geno Smith. I know it's a small sample size, but everyone, you think you're getting exactly the, the six-year-ago version of uh, Russell Wilson. I don't think it's the case at all. There is this thing with quarterbacks, though, when your team hasn't had a quarterback for a while and then you get somebody, mm-hmm. a really good or co- super competent guy. It is fun. It, it, it does, like, completely transform. The clubhouse, sure. Yeah. It's like when uh, like when CBS got Letterman. Mm-hmm. And they had just, nobody could even remember who was on there. And then it's like, we have Letterman. And there's right, this right, right. stability and credibility that mm-hmm. just lifts everything. And uh, Wilson's at least going to do that. Where you go from Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater and all the dudes they had and broken down sure. Peyton Manning, and he'll have some throws in the first month and be like, "Oh my God, we have Russell Wilson. This is our guy." So yeah. I, that's LA why I'm going slight over release uh, relief. I, I think so. I don't know. I, I think I'm because they have Randy Gregory and he kind of screwed over the Cowboys and I have a little right. little bit of a you know I, I don't know how that's going to work out. They have um, some bangers on D. Yeah, I have five Williams five like. Like legit guys on that defense: Jones, Gregory, Johnson, Sertan, and Simmons. Sertan, mm-hmm. by the end of next, by the end of the season, he might be other than Jalen Ramsey the best corner for all. We There's know. good numbers on his uh, to be a top interception guy. Yeah, I think so. I like yeah. him. All the people yeah. like Lindsey Jones, who works for the Ringer now, and she's mm-hmm. going to, she's gone to like every Broncos mm-hmm. preseason, and she was like, "That guy's Champ Bailey." Right. Like that's Champ Bailey was an iconic generational quarterback. Right. And she and she's like, they've recreated him now with Sertan. Now is Javante Williams the most hyped? I don't want to say overhyped, but hyped. You know, player. I love you know I love him. Why though? What what's what's in the game he's, he's, he's not gonna, gonna split carries again with Melvin he's, Gordon? He's gonna be super disappointing in fantasy. Yeah. I had him last year. All I was oh, doing was right. ra- rooting for them to put him in. I had right. him on both teams. And then Melvin Gordon had like Melvin three Gordon big games. Yeah. And then the stats even It's like, down. here comes Melvin Gordon for three yards. Yeah. Like, Can you put the other guy in? Right. All right, we're going to abruptly stop with the AFC there. Stay tuned for the NFC, which is coming Sunday night. NFC over-unders. And we're going to do guest the lines week one. Me and our buddy Sal. Thanks to him. Thanks to Rosillo. Thanks to Kyle Creighton for producing. Thanks to Dylan Perky, uh, Dylan Berkey, and Steve Cerruti. As always, don't forget uh, new rewatchables coming on Monday. We're doing Saving Private Ryan. 
And if you want to follow me on YouTube, youtube.com slash Bill Simmons. If you want to follow me on TikTok, tiktok.com slash 33BS33. And then you can get me on Twitter and Instagram as well. Have a great weekend. Enjoy yourselves. Stay cool if you're on the West Coast. And uh, I will see you on Sunday night. I wanna see them on a waste of